Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you searching for the best in online black radio? Then go to BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com, helping you filter through the noise. Real talk. Black talk. The Internet is full of half-truths and all-out lies. We've all seen them, and many people on social media complaining about it. Here's your chance to show and prove. WorldAfropedia.com is a black-owned and operated encyclopedia. There are several thousand articles, but we need help. We can't uncover all the truth ourselves. So please, join us and become a writer, editor, or blogger for WorldAfropedia.com today. Every little bit counts. We owe it to the future generations to put the truth out there. Visit WorldAfropedia.com, the African-centered encyclopedia, a global database of African knowledge for the purpose of bringing about global African wisdom and understanding. WorldAfropedia.com. Hey, police. This is 911. Yeah, can I help you? This is Omar Thornton, the... Uh the shooter over in Manchester. Yes, where are you, sir? I'm in the building. Uh, you, you probably want to know the reason why I shot this place up. This place is the racist place. Yep, I understand they that. Me, they treat me bad over here. They treat all other black employees bad over here, too. So I take it to my own hands and uh, handle the problem. I wish I, I wish I could have got more of the people. Yeah. Are you armed, sir? Do you have a weapon with you? Oh, yeah, Mom. How many guns do you have with you? I got one now. This one out, one out in the, uh, in the uh, factory there. Yep. Okay, yeah, sir. I'm, I'm not going to kill nobody else, though. Yeah. We're going to have to have you surrender yourself sometime here and not make the situation any worse. You know what I mean? These cops are going to kill me. No, they're not. We're just going to have to get you to relax. I'm back to calm down. To have you, you know, turn yourself over. You can pop it. You can pay for the uh, new machine. We pop it every day. You should see the right thing. Uh, look, look at the spot team just rolled by, and I'll be there. You don't know where I'm at, but I don't know. Maybe you can trace it from this phone call. But yeah, these people here are crazy in this building. They treat me bad since I started here. Racist company. Yep. Treat me okay. bad. I'm the only black guy already got here. Okay, I'm They treat me bad over here. Treat me all the time. Yeah, this is a really horrible situation. I understand that. Yeah, hey, 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 don't try to calm down. I'm, right. I'm already calmed down. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not going to kill anybody else. I just want to tell my story so you can uh, okay. say it back anyway. So you're going to you're gonna help me get you out of the building, okay? All right. I'm going to get out of the building. I don't care. No worries. I got that taken care of. I don't need anybody to talk to me to get me out of the building. Where in the building are you on there? I'm not going to tell you that. When they find me, that's when everything will be over. But Yeah. Just... You know, where are you located? Are you up in the uh, offices? When they find me, everything will be all right. Let's be interested in the racist place. 
Now, um, what time did you get there today? Uh, it was about 7 o'clock. Yeah? Yeah. This morning? Yeah, about 7 a.m., yeah. Yeah. We come early today. What type mm -hmm. of weapon do you have? I got a, a, a Ruger SI-9. Yeah. SI-9? Yeah. Automatic, yeah. Is it a rifle? No, no, no. I to my favorite. Now, uh, you're going to make uh, the, the troopers and the people come in and uh, catch it. You're not going to surrender yourself? Well, I guess, I guess, uh, maybe I'll surrender. Nah, they're coming in. I'm coming in. Yeah, we wouldn't want to do it like that. Yeah. You know, it's already been a bad enough scene here this morning. We want you to relax. Now. I'm relaxed, though. I'm, yeah. I'm down. We don't want any more, any more, uh, to the environment and damage done to the creatures in the water. 
uh, the ocean from oil spills. There's tremendous damage being done to human beings on the planet because of this particular dynamic. And so all people, whether they're black people or people who classify themselves as white, everybody should be working towards recognizing, owning up to that we do have a system of racism, white supremacy on the planet. And it is a dynamic that says the welfare of the few is more important than the welfare of the many. And that it's more important for the few to have access to all of the resources on the planet as opposed to the resources on the planet should be used for the well-being of all human beings. And so it's imperative that this system of injustice, one might say even though it was started because the white minority recognized that they could be genetically annihilated and so therefore the feeling the need that they have to control everybody on the planet and anybody who is objecting to that control has to be killed. See, if we just turn on the television, you will see that when you're thinking about a total system structure, that the answer is something that you don't like. You see, any program, most of the programs on the television, if they're not game shows, they're programs about destruction and killing, even cars running into each other people fighting, people shooting, people killing. So if you have a problem, the answer for this in this system and culture is to kill. That's why they have such a thing as the Obama effect, meaning all of the guns and ammunition that has been bought by people who classify themselves as white since President Barack Obama became president. More people have bought guns in this period of time than at any other time. That the answer to a black man in the White House is that we have to kill. Well, these, these messages don't just stop. The, the, the man in Connecticut is within the framework of a culture that says you have a problem, you're unhappy about something, get a weapon and kill. That this is an ethos that is within the system and culture. And I say that this tragically is a solution that the white minority on the planet has decided upon out of our fear we have to develop guns and other weapons. And so, uh, you know, people turn on the television, shooting and killing, go to the movies, shooting and killing. Shooting and killing and shooting and killing and killing and killing and killing. So we really are with, if we take a total system view, we are in a system and culture of mass murder. And then tragically you see individuals 
consciously, subconsciously being influenced by this culture, by this theme within the whole cultural dynamic. And this is a tragedy. So we all must become aware, you know, not just talk about the environment and how, you know, uh, too much carbon monoxide in the environment. Uh, we have to think about what is really the dynamic in terms of people relations on this planet, in this system. And that murder is not the answer. See, murder as the answer is affecting large numbers of young black men in all of the urban areas in this entire country who feel out of their frustration and despair the answer is to get a weapon and kill. Well, the culture is teaching this. So tragically, this man um, is a victim within this cultural frame that we should all decide we have responsibility uh, to help change it and transform it. And we begin by talking about it, not pretending that we don't understand what it is or miscalling it democracy when it's really racism and white supremacy. We have to call things for what they are and look at things for what they are and decide that we are going to change it from what it is to what it ought to be. We need to have a system of justice where people are treated decently. No one is mistreated, and those who need the most help get the most help so that there can that's justice so we can have peace on the planet. Context of white supremacy. Gusty Renegade in for another broadcast, hopefully to share constructive information on the system of white supremacy. Today's date, Thursday, August 25th, 2016. So I have been told. Uh, that was Dr. Frances Cress Welsing, her sixth visit to the cows way back September 2010. Uh, she was responding to the incident with Omar Thornton, a black male in Hartford, Connecticut, uh, where he reportedly uh, shot and killed uh, eight racist suspects and then allegedly took his own life. Uh, you heard his 911 call uh, where he reported that he was a victim of racism, white supremacy on the job, and it resulted in counterviolence, allegedly. I have been thinking. Uh, perhaps that is the way we should begin every segment of workplace racism with the 911 call to uh, that Omar Thornton made uh, with that incident back in. Uh, actually, this is six years to the month that it happened. Uh, that was from August 3rd, uh, 2010, so six years ago this month. Uh, but thinking that we should begin every workplace racism segment with that sound bit uh, from Omar Thornton just to emphasize the seriousness of this problem with regards to workplace racism uh, and just how bad things can get the amount of stress 
uh, that we are under uh, in the area of people activity, uh, area of people activity known as labor uh, and what we go through on the job, whether you are working directly with for whites or not. That said, number to dial 641-715-3640. The code is 564-943-POUND. Press star 6 if you would like to participate. That number again, 641-715-3640. The code is 564-943-POUND. Press star 6 if you would like to participate. You can certainly email untiljustice at gmail.com. If you are not able to participate live via the phone, but you have something that you would like to share, I can read it. Uh, During the broadcast, I'll check my email as we're rolling, but feel free, drop an email, and I will share uh, as we go through the broadcast the email again, untiljustice at gmail.com. Just so that folks are aware, uh, we got an updated server at Black Talk Radio Network, courtesy of Mr. Scotty Reed. Uh, So we had to switch over some of the feeds for people who, if you would normally listen via TuneIn, if you would listen live at TuneIn.com, or if you would listen to some of the archived content, at TuneIn.com, uh, it takes a while for them to switch uh, to upgrade to the new server. Uh, hopefully it won't take too long, uh, but I think it is at TuneIn, at least it's been offline for a period of time. You can certainly just go to the page, blacktalkradio.com uh, for the cows, and you can listen uh, right there. Uh, it's linked on our Facebook page. I'm about to post it again on our Twitter feed. Uh, if you get confused, feel free to drop an email uh, if you need an update. But uh, until tuning updates, you can certainly listen live at blacktalkradio.com. Uh, with that, uh, we did have a few people who emailed reports in uh, via workplace racism. Uh, we got quite a few this week. I'm going to try to read as many as I can at the beginning, and then uh, I will weave the West the rest of the reports in uh, as we go. Thanks to all the folks uh, who have shared via workplace racism. Just again to emphasize, this is not a spectator broadcast. Uh, This program is Dr. Frances Cress Welsing. She stated on this program, she said it many times, uh, there is no way uh, that you can get five black people together and not have an abundance of situations frustrations direct related to racism, white supremacy on the job. Uh, I just do not believe uh, with the number of people that listen to this broadcast uh, live or listen to the archives, there is no way you can have this many black people and not have an abundance of problems that are taking place on the job. Again, whether you work directly with uh, suspected race soldiers or even if you are in a work environment that is predominantly non-white people, uh, racism, white supremacy is going to be a massive issue for you on the job unless I am in complete error uh, with my assessment. And if that is the case, uh, then we should have tons of people who are getting all their raises and promotions and are just doing phenomenal in your chosen uh, your chosen field of work. And you should be able to invest in the cows, racism hyphen notes dot com racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com make sure i give it correctly racism hyphen notes dot blogspot dot com listener supported counter racist radio paypal button is in the top right corner if you're not in the paypal 
You can drop us an email. We'll get you a physical mailing address. But certainly, if we just have an abundance of black people listening to the program who they don't have any problems, whatever Omar Thornton was going through is not an issue for you specifically. Well, then, hey, by all means, fantastic. You should write a book about how you did that and then, again, invest in the cows. But I don't think that that is the case. So you should certainly not be a spectator. Dial in. Uh, share if you have figured out some things that are working well for you to minimize problems at work. Definitely, we need to hear that like immediately. If you're having problems, difficulties, then feel free to share your observations. That is helpful for us to get a better gauge of the type of things that victims of racism experience on the job. And then sometimes people might even have some good suggestions for things to counter what you are experiencing. As always, it's great for people who are younger, who are listening to this, who don't have an extensive work history, so they can get a better understanding, unfortunately, of what is to come as they enter the workforce. With that, some of the commentary that folks wrote in. Uh, Thomas in New York uh, wrote this one in earlier. Uh, I have been working diligently on uh, a report on uh, Dr. Welsing, so that has taken up a good bit of my time and energy this week. Uh, So I didn't have time to respond immediately so we can share on the air. Uh, My apologies to Thomas in New York for failing to respond quicker. Uh, He wrote in, he said, one day last week at the office, one of the company's department departments were away for a seminar for an entire day. Two members from that group stayed behind to answer calls and to do the work for that department. My coworker went to that department for something and encountered a white female sleeping at her desk. I mean, laid out snoring and all. He took pictures of her sleep at her desk. He showed them to me when he got back to the area that he and I work from. We both chuckled. This Monday, when I came in, he was showing the pictures to a black female employee who is one of the three black women in this entire office. He and this black female are very close. They are both islanders. This black female came back to our area Tuesday with two people from her department and requested him to show them the pictures, and he did. They all laughed, and that was it. So he thought. Wednesday, three white females who were attending the seminar, two of these females, he has already given me a heads up to watch and to be careful around because he suspects them of being racist came looking for him but he was on lunch i went to lunch before he came back and when i got back to the office he was standing there showing these three white females the pictures they were chuckling and laughing i told him that was not a good idea after they left and he agreed he said they caught him off guard he informed me that he wasn't thinking because the lady who was sleeping and the lady who is asking to see the pictures are enemies they don't get along Apparently, the lady who stayed behind and slept has quite a few enemies and people who she has wronged in the past who want to get even, including the vice president of the company. Yesterday, I took off. Apparently, the ringleader of the white females left him a voice message and demanded that he send her a copy of the pictures ASAP. He sent her an email and asked why, and she said with laughter to show a few people. He knew something was not right, so he decided to ignore her request. She came to the area looking for him later, and he said with a huge smile she told him he needed to either send the pictures to her by email or give her his phone so she can send them to herself. She told him the vice president of the company, who is directly over her department, wants to see them. He asked why, and she said without removing the huge smile from her face, to show human resources. 
like he was down with it. Uh, he likes the lady who took a few snapshots of who he took a few snapshots of sleeping. He told me she has three kids and needs her job. So he told her. So he told her he deleted the pictures, thinking that that was the end of it. He said her smile disappeared and she turned red. She told him in a stern, aggressive voice that was stupid and questioned why he would do that. She went straight to IT and came back requesting that she needs his phone because according to the IT guy, the pictures will remain for 20 days after they were deleted and the phone is the company's, not his. For context, the company gives each employee an iPhone 6 for working and commuting purposes, but he took the pictures on his personal phone, which is also an iPhone 6. He said he told her no. She came back minutes later with the IT guy who demanded the phone, citing company policy, hmm, and he handed it over. But the pictures were not on that phone. They are on his personal phone. He said she came back with a phone and handed it back to him and said that was the wrong phone and she needed his other phone. He said he explained to her that the other phone has nothing to do with work and he is not turning over his personal phone to IT or anyone else because he has personal information and pictures that he wants to keep private. He said she huffed and puffed and went to the IT guy again, but the IT guy said to him in front of her that he does not have the authority to confiscate anyone's personal phone. She left angry and hours later came back with the vice president who asked him to turn over his personal phone and promised that they just wanted to extract the pictures of the lady sleeping, nothing personal. He said he felt stuck like if he hands the phone over and they see the pictures, the lady who he considers a friend will be fired and if he doesn't, the VP will have it out for him. He said this happened just as it was his time to leave for the day and they told him they would discuss this with him tomorrow, which was the day he wrote this email. So I hear the story as soon as I entered the office. I had to advise him. I told him personally I can care less if a white lady gets fired for sleeping on the job that I can't sleep on. The VP requested his phone around noontime via email. He lied and said he left it at home. So they expected Monday morning. I did not know what to say to help him. My code has been not to help white people, not to have white friends, and if he followed my code, this would not have happened. But either way, he wants me to help him figure out what to do, and I told him I'll call him this weekend. Uh, so my thoughts on that would be, number one, wow, it's so much uh, within this story. Certainly if folks have their own suggestions or ideas, feel free. Policy and procedure. Some moron says that all the time. It is very important to know what the policy and procedure is on the job. Um, from a policy and procedure standpoint, that way we can kind of remove, you know, the whole issue about, you know, this white chick is my friend to help or not to help, whatever. If the policy and procedure is that you are required to hand over a company issued phone or any other piece of technology that they have issued you for the job and the photos were not taken on a company issued device, this would be nothing to talk about. I would ask, you know, where is it in the policy that I am required to hand over my personal phone? If that is not in policy and procedure, then we have nothing to talk about. I'm not handing over a personal uh, device. Uh, the photos were not on my company-issued device, and there's nothing to talk about unless you can show me where it's in the policy that I am required to hand over my personal property. And I would just end it there. 
Um, now, I would say some other just lessons that can be learned from this. If you take any photos like that on the job, I would not be just going around willy nilly sharing them. Uh, if you just it sounds like he might have just taken these photographs for giggles, like he was not doing this to try to get this uh, suspected racist in any sort of trouble or take this up with administration or anything. It sounds like this was just, oh, haha, look at her uh, being asleep, uh, that if that is the case, uh, that you really I, I, kind of what I've said consistently, that you do not want to be participating in frivolous gossip conversation on the job with whites. You really want to keep everything uh, business related. Uh, if you have some non-white people that you trust, you all have a rapport and you just want to show that sort of uh, document or image to them, like, oh, look what I saw, ha, 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 fine, and keep it moving. But I just would not be in that sort of habit of carelessly sharing things like these whites are cool because things can change within an instant where you're thinking that this is just ha, ha, let's get back to work. And they are thinking, oh, no, <laughs> we're going to take this up as a serious issue and we're going to move. This is going to be item number one when we have our company meeting tomorrow. So that would certainly be something to learn from all of this. As I said, knowing policy and procedure, extremely important to know what you are required to do what you're not uh, required to do. I've stated that consistently about uh, if you have a cell phone or if you have some sort of mobile device, a tablet, lap book, whatever it uh, happens to be, being very careful with that on the job. If you have any sort of company issued device, I would not use it for any thing. I would not check my personal email on it. I would not check any of my social media accounts, nothing. I would just assume that they would have access to anything that you check on that device, whether they take it physically or not. Uh, passwords, any sort of information, I would just assume that they would be able to access it. So I wouldn't use it for anything except work purposes. And I wouldn't even use it when I was away from the job. If it's a phone, I would get a different phone. If it's a computer, I would have, you know, other devices that I can use so that nothing is on that except work-related information so if they need to take here no problem i'll volunteer it whatever you need to get it's just going to be work-related information me talking to other folks that i work with about job related details uh, all i could say on that one if he wants to share it uh, or not if he doesn't want to share it i would just stick with policy and procedure that seems like the easiest route to go they might get upset with him that's kind of been my experience that they might have an attitude with him for a period of time where they want to look to get back at him uh, for some reason if this is a suspected racist on the job that they don't like and they were trying to uh, to go after this person for being asleep on the job, I would just take it from a policy and procedure that uh, unless it's in the policy someplace that I'm required to relinquish my phone, uh, I'm not willing to comply with this because this does not seem like due process. This does not seem like a just action for me to be required to hand over my personal property. Next thing that popped up, uh, someone shared. Um, person wrote in, I work in retail and most of my coworkers are black. And it's interesting how the same issues that happen in mostly white, white workplaces happen in black ones also. My question is at my job, I try not to talk about non-work related things that could possibly get me in trouble. Amen. The black people I work with notice it and seem to have a problem with me not having casual conversation with them and not participating in the foolishness that goes on. I do not have to work directly with them because they are not my managers and I'm in a different department. The situation reminds me of the scene in the spook who sat by the door when they invited him to go out with them in the hotel. He refused the invitation and one of the black males became so upset that he seemed to want to fight and told him he needs to get with the program. How do I deal with a situation like that? Uh, I would say 
continue to do exactly what you're doing, particularly the part that I that stuck out to me uh, where he said that these uh, I guess they're engaging in non work related behaviors that could possibly get me in trouble. I would steer as clear of that as possible. I would have nothing to do with it. That's not saying to be aloof or rude uh, to any of these black people. I would be nice. Uh, I would speak to them uh, and be cordial about it. You know, morning, uh, John, Sarah, whoever it happens to be morning. How are you doing? Blah, blah, blah. Uh, and we can have conversation. And I might even just to make sure that they do not get the impression that I'm trying to avoid them or be nasty. If you can find times things that you can talk about that are work related, that are of some constructive value to make sure that you can say something nice. I even remember 909 called in where he said that there was. Uh, a black person on his job uh, where they did not have the best uh, rapport at first where he did something nice for this person uh, where they had been talking about some personal things and it was something that he could do that was pretty easy that he knew that this person would enjoy would appreciate he did that and it drastically improved uh, their relationship and still keeping things focused on the job if you can do that sort of thing I think that's great but if they're engaged in things that could possibly get you in trouble I suspect some of those people are going to run into difficulties on the job anyway and you will not have to deal with any of that and when they see that then they might even seek you out I think Mr. Fuller has talked about that before because you will stand out as a person who is not having a lot of trouble and conflict on the job you're just there do what you have to do you have something pleasant to say when you see them work related that will stand out and they will appreciate that the people that are able to remain on that job and are not getting in trouble write-ups and that sort of thing that would be my suggestion on that one. Lastly, uh, and then we'll get to the folks who dialed in. A uh, person wrote in, uh, on the above date and time, I heard a voice yell at me, what size are you in t-shirts? Asked a union representative. He had a box of shirts and gave me the size I replied, that I told him. He said, put this on every Friday in September. I read it and started to feel uneasy from the quote on the shirt, thinking they can't be serious. I'll pause here just to read you what the shirt says because he has a graphic of it. So the shirt has a picture of the bald eagle, if people are familiar with the, the symbol uh, for the United States. I think it's on a lot of different seals. I think it's on some of the currency and other items that have symbols that are associated with the United States. So it's got the bald eagle. It says, uh, United and it says, in quotes, without unity, we are victims. And it's got like the American flag uh, in the background. And it's got the number of the union uh, on the shirt. Right. Uh, and so he continues. Every election, we have a new union contact and they ask us to pick it or put on something to show our union with the white culture, racism, white supremacy. Now, this person didn't really have a. Uh, question per se so I guess they're just sharing but the shirt again it says stay united without unity we are victims and then it's got the union information on it uh, for this one I, I just might again ask policy and procedure are we required to wear the shirt if you really have an issue with it if you really don't want to wear it uh, some job this this might depending on policy and procedure this might qualify as a uniform so I would ask, uh, are we required to wear the shirt? And then if they can show me in writing where we're required to wear the shirt. Again, this is one that you can review policy and procedure on your own. So you will know if you are required uh, to wear this shirt. 
Uh, you might even ask why if you're so uh, inclined. Uh, again, the person didn't ask, you know, a question in, in terms of not wearing it or wearing it, that sort of thing. So that would just, those are just my thoughts uh, in terms of is this something that you are required to do? Uh, and then this is also one that you can make an observation. I don't know how long this person has been on the job, but if it's one of those situations where you've been there long enough, where you, it sounds like this person has gone through this period before, where this is something that's required every September or whenever there's election season, where you can observe, are there other people who do not wear this shirt on Friday? And does anything happen to them? So if, you know, Bob comes in and he doesn't wear the shirt or Jane comes in, she doesn't wear the shirt. It's not a big deal. People are not, you know, pestering and nagging at her or him all day long. Why didn't you wear the shirt? You're supposed to wear the shirt, blah, blah, blah. They're not they're not getting written up or if they're able to do this and nothing happens, then that's something that you can have documentation on and say, well, you know, I was here last year or I was here in 2012. And, you know, on September the 15th, uh, Jane didn't wear her shirt and she was not written up. There were no disciplinary incidents. So is there equal enforcement of policy and procedure on this job? If I do not wear the shirt, is the same going to be true for me where I'm not nagged? I'm not hounded relentlessly all day long because I didn't wear the shirt. Are we all going to be treated the same? Just things like that where you can observe and see if other people are doing this or if you're just going to be the only person singled out for not complying with this request. And again, finding out, is this a request or is this something that is being mandated by your employer? Just my thoughts. Uh, the number again, 641-715-3640. The code is 564-943-POUND. Uh, folks who dialed in with a hand up, feel free if you want to comment on anything that I've read thus far, that is fine. If you have your own incidents and or observations, that is fine as well. Uh, feel free to chime in. May I be heard? Yes, sir. Hey, how you doing? Um, hello to everybody on the line. Um, my name is Jarrell from, uh, from Brooklyn. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. Um, workplace incident. I, I work for uh, a library. Uh, we we bring books to different um, districts where I'm at and in different prisons. Um, at my job, there's a, a white lady who. Uh, has just become uh, a little too much with the with the sexual harassment, in my opinion. Um, one story was I she she says a lot of inappropriate things. I went uh, I have to pick up books by where she's at because I try to avoid her. So um, one of the books I guess a lot of people you know from the prison they they get books with women and stuff like that. So it was a book with, with some women. I think it was the Kardashians or something like that. And she she comes up to me and she's like, oh, well, is, is, is this what you like? I guess one of them was like in a bikini or something like that. And I just ignored it, you know. Um, and then another one is I was in the, the, the elevator and I don't like being in the elevator with her. But sometimes I'm always in the elevator with her. So just yesterday, I'm in the elevator with her and she, I don't know the word, word to say, she, 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 bends over and, 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 and I guess you could say, I guess the word would be grind up against me. I don't know which word to use. And then she looked back at me and said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm fresh. Um, so uh, it, it's really becoming, it, it's been like this for about a year and a half. It's really starting to become a problem. I know I'm the only black person that works there. I know these white people are not going to believe me if I say, well, you know, she's doing this and she's doing that. So, um 
that's just my that's my workplace racism. I knew my life. Wow, that uh, first time caller, right on. Glad to have uh, more folks who are not spectating and participating, sharing. Um, I've heard uh, Mr. Fuller address this before. I think Dr. Welsing has addressed this before on the program. That sort of uh, situation in the workplace, uh, I would take it extremely seriously. If it's any sort of elevator situation or any sort of episode where it could just be you two in a small area alone in an office or something like that, I would avoid that like immediately. If I'm going to get on an elevator and it even looks like she's in close enough proximity that she could hop on the elevator as well, I would wait, catch the next one, whatever. I forgot something. I need to run to the restroom. Any excuse will do. You don't even have to give an excuse. Just I'll wait, let her do what she needs to do, and then catch the next elevator or take the stairs, whatever you need to do uh, to avoid being alone and in any sort of small environment. I think this is another one also that you can employ the technique. I think Mr. Fuller suggested, uh, played it some weeks back, where you don't have to indict her. I think as you just stated logically that as a black male, you will not be believed, Nate Parker. Um, You can. I don't know if you all have meetings uh, with like management or everybody who works with this uh, library group or what have you. But if there's any sort of meeting, you can do the exact same thing that he said. Well, you're not indicting her directly. You're not calling her out by name. But you can just say, um, what is the procedure if there is any sort of inappropriate contact that could be sexual in nature where you're having someone who is getting in your personal space Uh, or touching you, or making comments. You can even use the example. If you get on the elevator and someone is uh, bending close to you, or getting really next to you, or pushing, or getting uh, close to touching you in a private area where you are not comfortable, what is the procedure for addressing that issue? And I think Mr. Fuller said he would make sure to do this when she is present, and not calling her out by name, but just asking so you can get clarity about how that sort of thing is dealt with and what is their policy uh, on making sure that that sort of behavior is not happening. Uh, And he stated if you can do that, and particularly where you're not calling them out, uh, that that just showing that you are serious about this sort of thing, that that can do a lot to minimize that behavior, that they will know that you are taking this sort of thing seriously. And since you're not indicting her personally, so it's not giving them an opportunity to feel like they all get to Voltron and come to defend uh, this white woman that you're accusing, since that's not happening, uh, that they can just explain the policy, what it is. You're not calling anyone out by name. You can write down what they say is supposed to happen, what's supposed to be done, and see if that helps in kind of backing her up. But I would make every and i mean i would take it serious i would not be around her in close proximity i would not be with her on an elevator and i would make sure that we are never ever together alone Uh, i would be very clear about that and if there are any non-white people that you work with in that environment if you have a rapport and trust them i might even let them know so that they can help if they see where it's looking like it could be something where it's just you two alone particularly if it's a black female where you can have her come to help out so she can be a witness if anything happens if anything is said that way you have someone else who can provide uh testimony if need be uh down the road but those are some of the thoughts i have and then if you want to clear up if something doesn't make sense or sounds like i'm talking crazy you can let me know if other folks have suggestions they can feel free as well uh can i have one more thing gus yes sir uh if you want to add more yeah, yeah, just just one more thing that happened. She also came up to me before and told me, this was like two days ago, to, to stop acting hip-hop, whatever that means. I don't know what that means, but <laughs> this is what she said to me, stop acting hip-hop. So, I don't know. But I, 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 we have a meeting next week, 
So I'm definitely, I'm, I'll definitely bring it up. But I, I trust me, I've been trying to avoid her like the plague. Thank you. Roz, were you going to come here? Oh, yes, yes. Good evening to you, Gus, and um, to the callers and the listeners. I wanted to ask if the um, the caller has been, has been documenting these incidents. Um, no, actually, no, I, I haven't documented the incidents. Um, I know I should have. I haven't documented the incident. I do have her, though. I have recorded her. I recorded her one time, actually, um, because she 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 has a it's really strange like she 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 has like a a poster like a calendar of um I can't I can't uh, I can't think of the actor's name but it's a it's a black actor and she said uh, something and my phone was recording one day and I got her I have like one recording of her saying something inappropriate so I do have one thing but I haven't recorded or documented like the stuff in the elevator and a lot of you know the the the, the nasty things she says to me it's it's. I have it. All right. I would definitely suggest to um to record those incidences, especially the most recent ones, since those are will probably be fresh in your mind. Um. Also, uh, Gus, too. I wanted to ask if you can provide the information on that device that that I guess sends the um it records every minute and then sends it to your phone because that might be helpful for him as well. And I also wanted to ask if you were able to read your company manual and if there's any sort of sexual harassment policy in there. Actually, uh, I just got the company manual again. I've been, I've been there for about five years. I didn't read it, but, you know, listening to the cows and all, I, I knew I had to get another manual. I actually got my manual again yesterday, so I'm going to be going over it to really get for, for the for the meeting next week. So, no, but I'm, I definitely um, have an intention of doing that. I was going to say incorporate, because I'm pretty sure just about every company has a sexual harassment policy. I would incorporate that policy in, in what you're speaking about. And then, like I said, still ask them anyway, but just say this is what I read in the, in the manual in regards to sexual harassment or the potential for sexual harassment. And then that way, at least they know that you know, because a lot of times white people, excuse me, tend to bank on the fact that, <clears throat> excuse me, tend to bank on the fact that most people do not read the, 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 uh, the company manual. Um, so as a result, they manipulate things in their favor to your detriment because, you know, the vast majority of people do not read them. Even white people, for the most part, don't read them. So um, ultimately, I think that'll give you a, a nice one up. And to do it in the meeting with them present is just awesome because um, that'll put her on alert without putting her um, on blast, as they say. So I would say that's a good thing to do. And just write down everything if you can. And um, if Gus is able to provide that, that app or whatever, or if you just can use your phone to record, you know, if for any reason you do get trapped in a situation that, where you cannot avoid being in her presence like that, then I would definitely put it on record. So that way, even if she tries to deny it, if it comes to the point where you have to expose what she's doing, you would actually have her recorded and they could just listen to what she's saying and listen to your reaction to it and everything. So that way they can get it, you know, right there as it happened, not, you know, her being the white terrorist that she is. Um, and that's all. I'll read my line. And I wish you the best too. Uh, the device uh, that he was referencing 
Uh, it's you can go to their website. And again, I'm not promoting. Uh, I'm not promoting this. It looks like something that whites might have came up with, but it is a piece of technology that might work. Uh, or folks are interested in it. Might be something that's helpful in a workplace situation if you know racists are making those sort of tacky comments and what have you, just to have something to uh, defend yourself so you can have a, a live time record. Uh, you can go to capture audio.com capture audio.com and it's a wristband it just looks like a regular watch uh, but you wear it it's time ta- uh, it's constantly recording uh, and it's recording in 60 second loops and so if something happens she's making a comment all you do is tap your wrist and it sends that 60 seconds of audio to your smartphone or whatever device it sends it there and then you have it uh, so that you can store it later or whatever you want to do but it's uh, capture with a k Capture with a K, captureaudio.com, and you'll see the device. And I'm sure, if you don't want to get this, I'm sure there are many other devices that uh, you can use that are on. If you have a smartphone or whatever mobile device, I'm sure they have a lot of other uh, options if you want something that's quick and uh, where you can get an audio recording. Uh, Fellow folks uh, had... Uh, thoughts, observations on what they've heard thus far, or if you had your own incident you wanted to share, feel free. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, greetings, everyone. Uh, I, uh, I'll i just uh, right now just speak on the uh, uh, two uh, subjects workplace racism subjects. Uh, I recall, I may, I may have mentioned them on, on the program years ago of a very similar situation uh, like Mr. Thornton's uh, where non-white black male having uh, problems on his job with white people. Uh, he also mentioned uh it was racism white supremacy and ultimately he killed um not i don't recall the exact number there was something like in the the late 90s early early uh 2000s he killed somewhere between 3 to 6 white uh males uh it was a sanitation job in uh, Broward County, which is just as adjacent to uh, Miami-Dade County. Uh, and uh, killed himself in the process. Uh, I was so interested in, in, the, in the matter that I actually went to his funeral. And I mean, I didn't really know him or anything like that, but I went to, I actually went to his funeral uh, uh, because it, uh, it sounded very close to uh, Mr. Fuller's uh, maximum, maximum uh, compensatory uh, emergency, uh, his uh, concept on that. Uh, I'm still, I was, I'm still processing the, uh, the shooting that took place uh, at our uh, game last uh, last uh, Friday, and what so far has come to my mind is 
due to the global system of racist white supremacy, uh, have been dominant in its terroristic way over non-white people, non-white black people for so long. And I heard Mr. Fuller say this also, uh, that after that long period of time, it actually wears on the, the non-white collective, not favorably. It wears in a negative way. Uh, as you, as it continues and continues and, uh, uh, either we don't focus on it like we should to be able to come up with a, a solution to this problem. It's only going to get worse with the victims. And in turn, what I definitely have noticed out of young black males is our uh, impulsive behavior. And I'll clear that by saying acting without thinking. And then maybe if that person had the time, they would think later. Uh, but if they have a chance to think later, they, they're probably uh, uh, in greater confinement. But for the most part, uh, acting without thinking. The incident was over something very petty. Uh, uh, a uh, back and forth type of uh, 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 altercation that began in a, in a summer program uh, uh, trip and in turn it just kept, the, the parents actually met. The parents between the two young people actually met to settle the matter. And it really, they thought it was, they thought that was enough, but it wasn't. But like I said before, the, the way, the only way I can, I can make sense out of the whole situation of gunfire at a high school football game is like I said, impulsive behavior acting without giving any thought. And as we know, this incident similar to this happens. It's happening more and more, uh, such as in, in schools, uh, with where non people, uh, non white black people uh, attend the children attend, uh, as well as, uh, a lot of other places, uh, that we, we know of. And, uh, that's basically it uh, as far as what, where, where my mind is now as far as processing on the what, why, whens, and wheres uh, of that incident itself. Uh, yeah, that's all I can think of. Thank you. Uh, other listeners, appreciate that retired firefighter. Uh, if other listeners, if you have comments on what you've heard thus far, if you have your own incident you would like to discuss, feel free to chime in. Can I be heard? Uh, you're a little low, Thomas, in New York. Good evening. Can I be heard? Is this clearer? That's better. Good evening to all. Um, interesting story so far. Um, I just wanted to give a follow-up on 
Uh, my story, I called the guy Sunday night because Monday I was going to be out. And um, I explained to him that, you know, it's, it's exactly what you said. It's your personal phone. I wouldn't give him nothing. And, um, you know, he kind of said he had decided that um, this lady's job was much more important than his. <laughs> and uh, he was decided he wasn't giving up anything anyway, and, you know, his stupid theory. And, you know, I told him, you know, he, he's like, well, what, what would you have done? I said, man, I would have sent those pictures to HR myself, you know. <laughs> I probably would have uh, I probably would have put them in an inner office with no name on them and, and printed them out and put them in an inner office. I said, I don't believe in saving the white people's jobs. That's what happened. Also, another follow-up, um, the white female at the job, um, who I said um, I suspected has been, um, you know, um, coming on. Um, she is being transferred to the Jersey office. Apparently, um, her position has been terminated, and they gave her the opportunity to move over to the Jersey office. So nice of them. And... Um, so she came over yesterday. Oh, you know, as of Monday, uh, you won't see me anymore. And I was thinking, great. But I was like, oh, okay, yeah, have a nice, you know, good luck. But um, so that was a good thing. And um, other than that, the, the gentleman, I think that um, both you and Roz gave very good advice. Um, bending over and grinding up on you in the in the elevator. Um, it kind of made me think because Doctor Wellesley. Um, man, I wish Dr. Wilson was, um, was able to listen to that Sue Africa episode and give some feedback. Um, Dr. Wilson, she um, always would say that the man imposes sex on the woman or the man has to come up except for, you know, in the other situation. And I think that, that just shows how we're, you know, when it comes to black men, white women become very aggressive because they're the the head person in that relationship is totally awkward, you know. It's, and so I can see her, you know, he's not paying me any attention. I'm going to, you know, throw it at him, you know. I'm going to show him that, hey. So, yeah, I would, I would take that up at the meeting because the fact that she's, you know, contacting you with her butt, I mean, that's that's pretty drastic, man. I, I haven't experienced that. that that's pretty um, That's pretty drastic. So I, I would definitely um, take Gus's advice, you know, bring it up. Hey, what's the policy for someone grinding up on you in the elevator? You know, um, because, man, she's pretty much saying, you know, oh, you busy tonight? You know, like, um, other than that, you are, oh, for, for the firefighter, um, this story about the shooting. Uh, unfortunately, when I grew up, every, um, every weekend, the football game was Friday nights. Um, the public schools all played on one field, and they had to shut down the season because of all the shootings at that um, stadium. I believe it was like one one weekend um, they played set Fridays and Saturdays. Nine people got shot between the two days in that that one stadium, and I was in Jersey City. So yeah, that 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 was way worse back in the days. I haven't really heard of that happening too often. But um, when you brought it up, you know, usually I think that, you know, back in that ever, it was a lot worse than it is today. But these kids today, I think that it's always been a, rea a, a reaction to black people to act very impulsively. That That's what the system does to us. 
and I'll mute my wife. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I myself personally have, have actually had the experience of it several times before last Friday. And uh, so it's not, and, and even this particular occasion, it wasn't, it wasn't really a surprise because just the, the uh, day before, one of the uh, players' uh, home was shot up uh, by, and, and, it's, and it's from people that they know. So uh, it's, it's not it's not unusual. Uh, the football game becomes a a a gathering place to get that type of negative attention. Uh, it's going to bring in it's going to bring in uh, uh, individuals who have uh high levels of uh anti blackness and and also like I said uh confusion and impulsive behavior uh right along with it and they are not they're not just there. It's like I heard Mr. Fuller say about the uh the bar scene. Uh and they they're not there just to watch a game or to socialize or whatever with their friends. They they're there with the intent purpose of causing some level of mayhem because that's how they get their attention. Yeah. Other folks who had commentary, workplace racism, workplace racism, other folks who had commentary. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'd like to share something that happened in the past uh, at my workplace. Um, I typically uh, at my workplace uh, work start at, you know, in between, you know, 630 in the morning and uh, seven in the morning. So there was a white male, which back then I actually considered this white male my friend, which is something that I don't think goes together as well uh, anymore, white person and friend. But uh this white white male was uh, considered a friend back when I was more confused. So um, we were all, uh, I guess, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, we were all like uh, assistants or whatever. Anyway, this person, I'm in, uh, I was in uh, the military. Um, this person didn't show up in time for, uh, for work and um, didn't show up for uh several hours. Uh, so again, work started around 6.30. This person didn't show up to my, uh, maybe 11.30 or 11.15 or so. Um, he was known to be, you know, I don't want to say a troublemaker, but he just uh, would, would do a lot of things wrong. And um, he was known to be uh, getting close to getting some type of uh, disciplinary action against him. But of course, um, he was he was white, so that, that was you know, they were a lot more lenient on, on him. Anyway, so he he shows up to work around 1130. You know, people are calling him. Um, I think this was back when cell phones were just really starting to get popular. And, you know, people were trying, to, you know, management was trying to get a hold of him and trying to find out where he was at and what was wrong with him. And he finally shows up and he's very disheveled, you know, like maybe he just, uh, Slept in the clothes, slept in the same clothes he had on last night, and, and he had a uh, he was kind of bruised up. He had bruises on his face, 
So, uh, you know, a lot of the other coworkers were just kind of talking. I guess we were, I don't want to say gossiping. We were just kind of talking about, like, man, what's going on with him? And then he told a story to the management that um, he was uh, beaten up and robbed by, of course, you know, some black people, you know. Um, and all of the uh, non-white black, you know, coworkers of mine, we uh, uh, we kind of all thought it was really strange. And uh, we and then I uh, went up to him after he told management this story and was like, hey, man, you what happened? And, you know, he told the same, you know, story to me that basically some black guys beat him up. Um, and, and this is supposed to be a very physically imposing uh, white male, supposedly. Uh, he's supposed to be trained in boxing and just, you know, you know how white, you know, white guys are. He's supposed to be trained in martial arts and he's not a small guy and kind of physically imposing, so to speak. Anyway, he said some black guys beat him up uh, and then they didn't take anything from him and just placed him in the in the bed of his, his pickup truck and where he, you know, he was unconscious and he just woke up and, you know, and he was woke up and he was beaten up, basically. And then he came straight to work from this beating. And, um, and we were like, and of course I was very suspicious. I was like, Hey, I mean, I don't think any black people would just beat you up for no reason. And you didn't get robbed. Nothing happened. You just got beat up and you were, uh, gently placed into the bed of your, uh, pickup truck where you woke up the next afternoon, basically. And, um, you know, and so I kept pressing them, you know, again, he was considered a friend. And I was like, man, you're, you know, you're lying, man. You're you're not telling the truth, man. You're just trying to get over or whatever. And eventually he was like, yeah, man, nothing happened. I got drunk. Uh, I got uh, high and drunk and I just overslept and I had to come up with a story. So basically he said he took his face and uh, kind of um, pounded his face against his, uh, his side mirror on his, his vehicle to produce bruising on his face. And um, then he came into work and told a story, and the story was uh, was believed, and he didn't get in trouble for that uh, for him coming in late and not not showing up in time. But at the time, I I was again I was more confused. I didn't I didn't know. It's kind of instinctively deep down, I, I did know that it was racism, but of course I didn't uh, respond to it as I probably would now knowing what I know now, but I did know, like, I was like, wow, this, uh, this white guy is, is telling a story on some, uh, some black guys beating them up and it wasn't true. But anyway, that's my, uh, my workplace racism. Thanks for letting me share. Standard operating procedure. Always find a nigra to blame. Mm. Mm. White friends as well. Uh, other folks uh, have commentary that they would like to share. Incidentally, out of all the different times that I've seen black people uh, get in trouble on the job or be accused of things, I don't think I can recall one incident where a black person uh, made up some story that a white person did something to them and that was, you know, why things went wrong, where they just lied and said some fictitious 
a white individual uh, messed them over and that produced, that was the source of their problems when that actually wasn't true and they had just been shiftless and, you know, not doing their job. I cannot really recall, whereas I think that's a pretty common procedure for whites on the job exclusively is what I'm talking about right now, for them to just blame something that went wrong on another black person. That is a very, very common racist practice. Uh, other folks uh, who have commentary they would like to share, uh, either your own incident or if you have suggestions, thoughts on things that we've heard thus far? Well, what you see is the pickup truck. Man. The pickup truck is the dead giveaway. That's the white boy move to put someone in the back of the pickup truck. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking clean. Like, who, who would think of that? Like, I have to agree with that, too. Um, I don't think that's normal procedure. Um, with a black person, they're going to leave you wherever you are. Wherever they knock you out is where you're going to sit until, until you wake up, whenever you wake up. So I, don't, I didn't believe it either. Um, I just find that to be telling, like um, Gus said, very much standard operating procedure. And tacky, trifling, terroristic white people. Um, I did have, uh, weirdly enough, an incident that happened today with a coworker of mine, and then an update as well. Um, like I was saying last Thursday, people are leaving my company in droves. Um, they made some really stupid financial decisions, which white people do with a lot of things. They're not, they're not that intelligent. They're just cunning, and they have no morals and no scruples and no, uh, no boundaries to their moral debauchery. Um, but anyway, as people are leaving, and from what I'm finding out, more and more people are leaving than I ever thought. And this is up in, in the upper levels of executive management down to the people who are the everyday grunts. And my coworker, who actually sits next to me, she's a lesbian Mexican female. And today was her last day at work, so they were supposed to do an exit interview with her. And one of the main reasons she ended up leaving was because she was just fed up with the way things were functioning. And she's worked in the healthcare field for a number of years. And she actually gave them quite a few um, tips and pointers on how to improve processes to make things run a little bit smoother. And it's stuff that, you know, that if they, listened, if they did listen to her, things would have been a lot different in certain aspects than they turned out to be, which is part, part of the reason things are happening the way they are. So she kind of just said, let me get something else that she did. So today was the last day she was supposed to go for an interview. And that's supposed to be at four. So she left. Um, myself, my other two coworkers were at the desk um, holding things while she was away, and they never showed up. She said she stayed there for 55 minutes, got fed up after the 55 minutes, um, and came back to the desk. Matter of fact, it wasn't 4, it was 3 o'clock. So she came back around 4 o'clock, and then uh, one of the people who was supposed to interview her she basically said, this is highly unprofessional. Um, she told him, because she's very outspoken, so she said, this is part of the reason I'm leaving. Look at this. I can't even get a decent exit interview, and you can't even respect my time to be on time. So she kind of gave it to him at that point. And um, ultimately, they, the woman ended up, excuse me, ended up apologizing and facilitating a meeting within, uh, I guess, like around a little after four. So she goes to the meeting. She comes back at about five. And she basically just, um, she was supposed to be there until, I believe it's six, six, no, actually she gets off at seven normally. So she was so fed up with them that once 
out of the meeting. I heard about it last without a blamer, I would have done the same thing. Um, so that's the, the the workplace racism incident that I bore witness to because I noticed when white people have left the company um, for other jobs, they're not treated that way at all. They get their exit interview um, in a timely manner, and most times they leave, leave the job earlier in the day if they would like. With her, she was trying to, you know, just do the right thing and stay till the end of the day, but they really aggravated her and pissed her off, so she basically left. And the update I got is actually the, um, I talked about, a black male who, um, who, who uh, we actually grew a friendship at the, out of this relationship we had at the job. And he's now transitioning to another position. His last day will be next week, Thursday. So um, he had gone for an, for an interview. They really liked him. They made him a really solid offer. And then um, after they made him the offer, the guy who made the offer ended up having to leave, I think, on vacation or he had something personal to do. And the offer had changed when it came to someone else. So he had basically said to them, well, I'm not going to take the position with this nonsense that you're offering. He said, you need to go, go back and come back better than that or, or meet what you promised me in the beginning. So the guy finally came back from wherever he was and, um, you know, they told him they really wanted him, and he apologized for everything that happened. And essentially, they offered him exactly what he was looking for, so he will be transitioning. And, um, of course, once he gets settled where he is, he'll be able to, because he actually wants to pull a few people from where I am, because there are quite a few, I would say, quality uh, workers that are black and uh, non-white. And he wants to basically, because a lot of people are leaving anyway, he just wants to basically pick from their talent pool. So, um I'm just glad he said I'll be one of the first people he'll reach out to. So I'm just going to continue to look for other work in the meantime, but just by my time at the same time. And if he comes with something, then I'll make the transitions before things really fall apart where I am. Or if something else comes along, then I'll make my transition to someplace else. Um, that's my uh, my uh, update for today, and thank you for taking the call. Can I be heard? Yes, sir. We can hear you. Okay, I wanted to uh, respond to the uh, first caller from Brooklyn. Uh, was talking about the white female. Uh, I think he said that he was the only black person on the job. And um, in my opinion, I think that um, recording the the white female would be uh, the best option. And uh, I wanted to uh, throw a question out there concerning. Uh, that situation as well. Um, if he doesn't have recorded evidence or, you know, some kind of documented proof of her behavior, if he um, brings up, you know, the sexual harassment policy in the meeting, um, could that possibly uh, backfire on him? And I'll mute my line. Thank you. Good question. Good question. Um, the reason that I give that suggestion, uh, and again, I'm uh, just sharing uh, Mr. Fuller, that was something where I asked him specifically about this sort of thing with uh, any sort of sexual abuse uh, on the job. <clears throat> He's very specific in terms of, number one, you're not calling out anyone specifically. So you're not going in and saying, you know, Helen was, you know, grinding on me in the elevator and saying that she's fresh. You're not going in doing that so that it becomes a he said, she said. Uh, type thing and exactly what's going to happen is that the whites are going to rally they're going to Voltron to defend the white woman and go against the black male 
Uh, same thing would happen if it was a black female and a white man, uh, or even if it was a, a black female and a white woman, or you know, however it plays out. Um, where you're not indicting that white person, you're not going in and saying, well, Helen did this to me. You're just saying, what is the policy? And if they ask, well, who did this? Uh, who are you accusing? I didn't come here to accuse anyone. I just want to get clarity about what the policy and procedure is for dealing with this sort of thing. One, to make sure that this is, you know, is this acceptable behavior, number one, to happen on the job. And I think, you know, the vast majority of workplaces, particularly if he's working at a library or something like that, they will say, no, this is not acceptable. Oh, okay. Well, then what is the procedure uh, for dealing with this sort of incident just so that you can be clear? about how that is supposed to be resolved to make sure that that doesn't continue happening. Uh, and I think Mr. Fuller said that he has used that technique before and it worked because no one is being indicted. You're just seeking clarity uh, that it can kind of work to to diffuse it from it being some sort of thing where they come at you to say, well, this didn't happen and you're just making this up and trying to make, you know, such and such individual looking bad because you're not indicting any specific white person, if that makes sense. Um, hey, Gus, this is a caller from Brooklyn. Can I add into that? Yes, sir. I, I, I totally uh, agree with you. Um, that's, that's what I'm going to plan to do on, on Monday at the next meeting because I think I was going to try to tell the supervisor something like that, but even before um, I wasn't you know, that aware of racism and all that, I knew because she's a, uh, a lot of these guys want her in the office, so I knew they wasn't going to leave. I was like, nigga, they don't want you. You know what I mean? So that's why I think that I'm definitely going to use that when I go into the meeting cause, because telling anybody else, they, they, they're they not going to believe me. They're going to make it like, you know, why would she want you? You know what I mean? So I agree with that. Um, can I add something else, Gus? Yes, sir. Um, <clears throat> the way this female sounds, uh, and then you added just a little more clarity for me. You say all the white guys in the place want her. So now if the black male goes in the meeting and uh, just, you know, question the procedure, it sounds like uh, this female, um, it, it sounds like uh, the the damage may be done um, with him bringing that up in the meeting if, you know, um, he doesn't have uh, documented evidence of her behavior, if he's the only black person there, it sounds to me that it will be very easy for the whites to um, gang up on him. That could, I mean, certainly a system of racism, white supremacy, uh, whites gang up on black people all the time. Uh, but at least, follow, at, me, at least for me processing the logic, uh, it sounds like it would be less likely than if you go in calling out this person specifically, even if you didn't go into a meeting, let's say you had uh, some sort of private conversation with like management supervisor, something like that, HR, you had a private conversation with them. I can, to me, it seems much more likely uh, that they're going to do this group effort to go after an attack, go on a counteroffensive against this black male for making this sort of accusation that is unfounded because you don't have documentation. Nobody else saw it. You don't have a recording as opposed to just getting clarification about policy and procedure. At least to me, it seems a lot more difficult, perhaps even a little bit less likely that whites would gang up because, again, you're not making an accusation. You're not going in to indict somebody. You're not saying, I want this person fired. You're not even naming anybody specifically. You're just trying to get clarification about policy. The only, in, in, at least in my view, and I could be wrong, you all can point out if I'm, you know, talking crazy or if I'm just missing something that's obvious, but 
she would someone would have to self indict right for there to be an attack to be an offensive about this person asking for clarification about what is acceptable behavior on the job for someone to take offense to that they would almost have to be self incriminating saying well wait a minute that's what I did are you saying what I did like they would have to admit that they did that uh, for that sort of thing to take root and I don't see particularly in a public setting at least to me it seems unlikely that most whites would self-indict to say well I did such and such and such and such and I don't think that there's anything incorrect about that and you know I'm upset about you even asking for clarification about is that correct she might be upset privately certainly that could happen but since you didn't call her out by name at least to me it seems like it would be less likely that whites would have some sort of rally and they would go after you to say that you accused or you tried to defame this white woman if that makes sense if I'm talking crazy if, if folks think that that is is not logical feel free point out the flaws um i agree with that um the anonymity is is the path of least resistance because it's not personal to that one person number one number two like you said they would have to self-incriminate and um also if i'm not mistaken the caller did say that he has at least one recording with her speaking to him inappropriately so he does have at least one recording if i'm if i am uh, correct in what i remember and then also um the fact is if he's the sole black male on the job and all the other white men on the job are infatuated with this, um, this terrorist, then ultimately, as a white female, she's not going to give these white men the impression that she's going after a black male as a white female. Um, I couldn't see her, you know, lifting the veil on that at all um, to even self-incriminate on that level to say, yeah, I'm the one who did it. Then she's not going to do that as a white female with only one black male on the job. And then also... For the black male, if that information was to come out, it might foster aggression from the white males. Because they're going to say, well, what's so special about this nigga that she don't want any of us? And they'll form, like, Voltron to, you know, come at you in in a grimy way simply because they're offended by the fact that them as white men can't get this white female that all of them are attracted to. Yet the one black male, the sole black male, is the one that's being accosted and sexually terrorized, which is what they all wish would be happening to them. So that's my take on it, and I do um, agree with you. But if the caller from Brooklyn can um, just reiterate that, if I'm correct, that he does have at least one recording where she is um, speaking to him in an inappropriate sexual manner. Is that correct? Yes, yes, I got one recording. Perfect. And I was thinking that the reason, just for the, the, um, the other caller that brought up that fact, that was the main reason I thought of the recording, because of the fact that if there isn't any proof, and the best proof you have is her speaking in her own words, rather than you writing something down, because it's just a history. I mean, look at Black Wall Street. It was started by the same thing, a, a young black male in an elevator. I believe he tripped and stumbled, and he grabbed a white woman's dress to try and brace himself so he didn't fall. And she basically went and said that he, like, raped her or sexually touched her or something. And that's what said all Black Wall Street. So when it comes to these sorts of intimate rape um, sort of situations, because that's essentially what it is, for her to um, rub her sour cooch on you is disgusting and um you know it's ultimately it's just the the idea of having that recording is the best proof that you would have and then you just document everything as well to back up what's actually happening so if you can get the recording that's the best thing but the fact you have one is really great and then other than that just document every incident don't let any incident go by with that female even if it's something small or seemingly small if she just says something if she does something whatever it is just document 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 because that'll come in handy um if you have to take it to the next level as far as having to deal with HR and get her disciplined or reprimanded for her um, her rape-like behavior. Thank you. 
Uh, can I just add, um, I think to answer the gentleman's question, the logic in bringing it up in the meeting is that you're not, like I said, you're not indicting anyone. You're asking a question on what is the policy, you know, that they have to answer this. This is your job, you know. Someone got to answer it. They got to get back to you later or something. What is the policy regarding um, being sexually harassed at the job? What's the policy regarding someone rubbing up against you in an inappropriate manner in the elevator? Now, you know, they, they have to tell you the policy, you know, what it is on the books. Right now, you're not telling them nothing that's going to get you in trouble. They, they, you know, they don't have the answer. They're in trouble. So I think that that's the logic behind it. And also, now that he added that this is a white female that the other white men want, I mean, if you were to engage in some type of activity with her or interaction, um, man, those white men would have it out for you seriously. Um, thing, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I was just going to add really, really quickly, if because that is a legitimate uh, concern the caller in uh, Wisconsin had brought up. If you have that concern that even you asking for clarification about what the policy and procedure is in terms of how you deal with sexual harassment on the job, if you have that, since you're just presenting a hypothetical situation, even though you're taking an exact incident that happened to you and you want to use exactly what happened to the detail, you can even switch it around and say, well, since we're talking hypothetically, let's say I was in an elevator and I rubbed myself up against such and such, but you do it exactly what they did and make sure that the president who violated you is present, you can do it that way. Uh, and I think that, that would you would accomplish the same thing because all you want them to do is explain the policy and you are sending a signal to the person who sexually violated you that this is not acceptable behavior. I am not just going to tolerate this. I am serious about making sure that this never happens again and it's still the same thing. You're not indicting that person so you minimize the likelihood of whites just saying oh well this is just some lying nigger and we're going to rally to get rid of him you could even present it that way since you are just presenting a quote unquote hypothetical situation if that makes sense uh the caller that was going to clarify call in brooklyn oh yes that was, that was genius that was genius what you just said i i, I definitely i definitely agree gus i'm gonna i definitely agree um when the meeting comes up i'm gonna try to be as codified as possible um, I mean, that was the last, for me, basically, that was the last straw, the elevated thing. Um, that was the last straw. As far as the white males, the white males don't like me at the job anyway, you know what I mean, from an incident a couple of years ago that happened. So, uh, you know, I'm basically on my own here. I don't, you know, they, I, I, I presume that I'm still on a job because I'm a very good worker. Like, I don't have problems with working or nothing like this, but this, this, this white woman is really starting to become a problem. So I do appreciate um, the feedback from all you guys because, you know, I, it got to the point where I'm like, I don't know what she's going to do next, and I'm not trying to get caught out there, you know, a, a anything crazy. So I, I really do appreciate it. There was one concern that I had with the presenting it in a reverse fashion is the fact that white people are liars, especially white females, and especially when it comes to sex and sexual situations, and she might actually use that situation to maybe preemptively say that you did something to her first. So I, I don't, I, that's just something that I think about because I've seen white females do the most and say the most diabolical things. So I don't know if presenting it in a way, way in which you're the perpetrator would necessarily be positive because of the fact that she might take up that information and maybe use it in a reverse fashion to make it look like, oh, well, he actually did that to me on the elevator. Um, it's a possibility, but I could be wrong.
it's just, it's a good idea, but still, as a black male dealing with a white female and knowing what they're capable of, it's just something that popped in my head. I have a question. Do we think that the white males uh, on the job, if they are, you know, pursuing this female, she's, you know, hot to trot or whatever, do we think that they are not aware of her sexual aggression toward this black male? Caller in Brooklyn, do you think the uh, other white other white males specifically on the job, do you think they are aware of her uh, aggressive behavior towards you specifically? No, no, no. I don't think they're aware at all. Whenever I have interaction with her, if I, if I got to pick up something, because I have to pick up things like by her desk and stuff like that, but and, and they're not really around. So she, she's real sneaky, man. Now, I, I don't think they know. She, 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 she does things when it's kind of just like me and her. And those are rare moments, but it just seems like it's just becoming more and more and more on the regular. So, no, I, I, know, I know the white males don't know. They, they would have tried to sit. I think they would have said something. Um, these white males are... A real, a real savage on this job. They would have tried to say something, but they, they would have said something. Plus, they, they already don't like me um, because of a, a past incident. So, no, I know they don't know. Okay, uh, what I would say is that, <clears throat> in my opinion, white people are non-confrontational, and um, just because they seem like they don't know, um, I wouldn't assume that they didn't know. And uh, I would ask, what is the nature of the recording that you have of this white female? Oh, I, I have a recording of her saying uh, saying some racist things about uh, Kanye West. Okay, see, <clears throat> and so with that recording, it really doesn't indict her behavior towards you. So now, yeah. if you, in my opinion, go in the meeting and just hypothetically suggest this um, in the court of public opinion, um, you could be convicted. Not according to policy or, you know what I'm saying, or nothing like that, but who this nigga think he is, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and so to bring it up hypothetically and to use that real situation, in my opinion, gives the white female an opportunity to, you know, group and regroup and then come up with something that could turn around on you. Right, right. It is something to... Uh ponder on i do want to nab in some of the other uh callers and again whites do this all the time regardless whether you do something whether you don't do anything they do this sort of thing anyway um i would at minimum say uh, again if we're thinking that if you go in and you ask about clarification on policy and procedure uh, i would say number one for folks if you are a black person and you have asked for clarification on policy and procedure about anything uh, has it been a tendency where there's some sort of retaliation where whites come back at you just for asking a question about policy and procedure where, again, you're not making an indictment against anyone, you're not going in to get somebody fired, reprimanded, you're just asking a question just so that I can be clear about what's expected of us on the job and what is the protocol for dealing if such a problem comes up. What tends to happen? Do white people rally? Do they come after you? Are they more cautious in how they deal with you? I think that's definitely something uh, that folks can think about. Uh, again, I would 
toss out as well. This was something where I asked Mr. Fuller about this exact sort of situation where black people are being violated sexually on the job, how to deal with. And he said the track record on this has worked pretty well, that the procedure, at least from his observation, has not been that the whites retaliate directly for that. It tends to be that they leave you alone, that they tend to be a little bit more cautious. But that certainly is not going to always be the case. Nothing is going to be 100 percent. Uh, and how we go about dealing with this. Uh, Before I transition to get the other caller, the caller in Wisconsin, did you have another suggestion? If you don't think that's the best route to go, did you have another suggestion in terms of what you would recommend for solving this problem? Um, I know that he is being terrorized, and uh, the only um, option that I see is um, getting her recorded, because if you don't get her recorded, I mean, we know the history of white women and black, black males, so... You know, that's, I mean, you know, I, it's a tough situation to be in. The only thing I can think of is having her recorded to document her behavior. Other than that, it's his word against hers. And again, that I just want to emphasize, that's why you are not making this my word against her word. You're just asking for clarification about policy and procedure. Again, at least in my view, and it could be an error, well, and again, I encourage folks to follow up. If you uh, if you participate in workplace racism or you have any problems, you share any incidents, follow up because that's very helpful. If you decide to use any of the suggestions that you hear on the program, let us know how things proceed. If you decide these niggers are crazy, I can use my brain computer and come up with my own uh, strategies for how to diffuse these problems. Fine, but let us know how things go because that is also informative. That way, it's not just. Uh, it's thrown out there. We kind of get to see how these problems are resolved and even how things evolve. Because, like, once you deal with this problem, there will be other things that are coming down the pike. Uh, it's not like things are just going to be perfect after you resolve this issue. The racists just continue doing what they're doing. So it's just going to be an ongoing battle. It is ongoing warfare in terms of what whites are doing uh, against non-white people. Uh, but, again, uh, you are making every effort in this situation, and I would say generally speaking, to not make it a my word against their word. Just what's policy and procedure what's supposed to happen so that we can be clear uh, about how we're supposed to conduct ourselves on the job, doing everything to take it away from being anything where it's your word against another white person's word, because generally 10 times out of nine, you're not going to win that. Uh, Other folks that we have not heard from, people that we've not heard from, if you dialed in and you had uh, either a personal incident that you wanted to share or other observation, uh, you should be with us. Feel free. Can I be heard? Yes, ma'am. Hi. Um, thanks for taking my call. Um, I have a workplace racism. Um, I went to I went on a job interview this week, maybe last week, last week, and um, oh, last Thursday, a week ago. So um, I had um, uh, applied online and. Um, that have this tricky name, so they don't know who they're calling until I get there. So um, she called me, asked for me, and then she told me where the place was. But it's kind of when you apply, it lets you know where you're applying. So it's in Richmond, California, a couple of cities away from Berkeley. So she let me know, well, you know it's in Richmond. I'm like, yeah, I know it's in Richmond. I applied online. So she... uh so I came down for the interview, and um, then she saw me, and then she asked why she didn't saw me. <laughs> she asked why she didn't see me because I wasn't who she was expecting. So um, I go in, and um, 
she's in the corner and then um someone lets her know that I'm there and then she's looking she's like, Oh, are you whomever you are? And then I say, Yeah. Oh, okay, well you're meeting with me. So I had to wait maybe twenty minutes to meet with her, even though I had an interview at a specific time, I still had to wait for her. So, um, I go in, there's no inter there's nowhere for her to interview me because none of this together. And I think she's coming down from another state. So, um, she, you know, she's not very friendly. She just looks, it's kind of poker face. And so did I. (laughs) So, um, we go in a break room. So she had to escort someone out of the break room because they're going for break to have their lunch or whatever. And then she helped them, okay, can I have this room for 15 minutes and then you can come back? I'm sure that wouldn't have worked for the person that needs the break. So I go in there to be interviewed and, um, it's, yeah, it's dirty for me and I'm just sitting looking and it's dirty. And so she, uh, she just asked me a lot of questions about the job and, um, how would I fit and what would I, uh, what I would be doing. And then I just said, well, um, thereafter I mentioned the reviews on, Google. I said, yes, because I Googled the company. He said, oh, my gosh, Google's a company? Yeah, Google's your company. Freaking, you guys have very scary reviews right here. They're not that good. And so she's, oh, my gosh, you're the first person who's ever Googled the company that I've interviewed. I was like, well, yeah, I had to Google place because I wanted to know what's really going on at this site. So I'm looking around, and I see why they have these negative reviews because I don't know what they're doing in there. But um, they're not clean. So um, she says, yeah, you know, we people just say anything. You know, I try to respond to them. You know, I said, well, no one's responded. I said, all you see is what you've seen. And I just checked the reviews for the past four or five weeks. No one's responding back to the people. And you guys rely on the patrons to keep your lights on. You can't have those kind of reviews. And I know I'm just interviewing, but I just, since it was out there, I just didn't understand how you had these kind of reviews, but you need the people that are making the reviews to keep your lights on. So she's, oh, yeah, I know, and we're working on that, and we're working on a response, too. I, I, I guess we haven't responded, but we're working on it. Okay, that's, that's fine. So then um, I take notes everywhere I go because I can't retain all that information because I have a lot of things in my head. So she made a statement. You're the only one that's taking notes. Like, out of all the people you've ever interviewed, no one's taking notes? No. No one's taking notes. And as a matter of fact, you're the only person whose name I can pronounce. Out of all eight people that I've interviewed today, two people showed up, and you're the only person whose name I can pronounce. Wow. So I have a common name, and I'm sure that in that vicinity... There's Spanish and uh, blacks applying for the job. So that's how I took it because most Caucasians have names that you can pronounce. So um, thereafter, um, she just let me, she keeps reiterating all the things that we had went over. And then she asked me, did I have any questions? And I really didn't because they were already answered. And of course I had to do the background check and, um, uh, just to make sure that I, uh, you know, I was cleared, um, no criminal record and so forth. But um, she, 
she made a statement. Um, well, um, I would need you, since you're so well-spoken, I would need you to do what you do, and then I'll train you on the front desk or have somebody train you on the front desk, and then you can go to way out, like, the white cities, basically, San Rafael and San Ramon. And she's like, they're a little different than Richmond, so you'd have to, you, you'd have to, you know, know how to deal with them because they're a little different than Richmond. I said, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know that San Rafael and San Ramon is a lot different than Richmond because there's white people there. There's not a lot of white. Well, you get white people in Richmond, but not. There's they're not like that. It's a different um, atmosphere in those um, Caucasian neighborhoods. So she's like, you're, were you still comfortable working there? Sure, it's, it's the same thing as here. I still have to go by the book, go by your procedures. So um, I ended up getting, passing the background check and getting the job. So the lady called me, <laughs> same lady. So I walk away because I see her New Mexico phone number. I know it's her. That's the only person called me from Albuquerque. And um, so I, you know, hi, how are you? Were you sleeping? You sound sleep. Now, mind you, it's, 11 in the afternoon, or no one sleeps. So, so I said, oh, no, I'm not sleeping. I'm watching the news. I just had to walk away from the television so I could hear you. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay. And then she just kind of gave me the rundown on the job and the attire and um, how I would be cross-trained to do two different things, and um, that's it. But I just thought that was very interesting, just the interview procedure, because... I, I don't know how they, they don't expect us to think and dig into what they're doing. They just expect us to be so happy to be called, oh, my gosh, you called me, oh, yes. And and I just kind of dealt with her similar to what she dealt with me. So that that's, that's all. So that's my workplace racism, and thanks for taking my call. Beautiful, beautiful. I did want to uh, comment, I think it was a few weeks back, uh, where I had shared, I think it is uh, a great idea, part of workplace counter-racism, to do research on the company in advance before you take the job. And I had said then, even if you are not in position, if you do your research and you find all sorts of information that this is a horrendous, toxic work environment, even if you're not in position uh, as a result of getting that information to decline the job, that still is better for you. Uh, that, if anything, that's page one on your documentation on this new job. All the information that you find when you do the research on your new place of employment. And at least in my view, that would be question number one. Or even if that's not your first question, that would be a question to ask once you have the job. I wouldn't ask in you know the interview process, but once you have the job, that would be a great question to ask. If you do your research and it comes up these, you know, negative reviews or if they have incidents that have been reported of allegations of racism uh, within the company, if it's at the specific location where you're going to be working or if it's within the company, period, you can ask. Uh, I saw this report uh, when I did my research before I signed on to work here. Uh, what steps have been taken to ensure that this problem doesn't reoccur and or what are the current or revised policies and procedures for dealing with those, this sort of incident should it reoccur on the job. In my view, that very important because that same thing, it sends a signal, I'm serious and I'm informed uh, about this environment and I can write that down immediately. So if something does happen, 
bam, I asked in training. Uh, as soon as I signed on here, I asked about this, and this is what I was told is supposed to take place if you know such and such incident happens. It could be something dealing with racism. It can be something dealing with sexual harassment, harassment, all of the above. You can get that information when you first sign on, but that's just, in my view, I think it is a very, very good idea to research any place where you are going to go work uh, for this new organization. Do your research. That can be page one. Anything that you find that can be page one. And if something happens to you, that is beautiful. If you have documentation that there is a pattern of this sort of thing happening on the job, and this pattern extends before I even began my employment with this particular organization, that is outstanding because now it's not just something where it's isolated to me. There seems to be a record of this sort of thing happening here, and they still haven't corrected this problem. So Definitely. Kudos. And the note taking always. I think that's that's brilliant. They particularly do not expect us niggers to be doing a whole lot of writing and paying close attention to things that are happening, taking notes so that we can be well informed about the environment in which we work. Other folks uh, comment anything they stuck out or if we have other people that we have not heard from, if you want to share your own incident, uh, feel free. You should be with us. Have you heard? Go ahead, ma'am. Oh, thank you. Um, is my volume at a good level this week? Awesome. Oh, okay, excellent. This is Lady. Um, I did want to say that for the first time caller, the things that he shared, you know, that was horrendous. And um, I'm very sorry that that's happening to him. Um, she is definitely grooming you like a pedophile would groom a victim so that she can just continuously victimize you. So, um, yeah, you definitely need to do something because she's just going to get more aggressive. And you're going to have an incident like me where she just, who knows, exposes herself or jumps on you in some kind of way. Um, I um, started a new job, which is very dysfunctional, and I'm in the situation like you just, said, Gus, where I really can't decline this job, even though I um, want to. This nursing home um, is one of a series of, I think the word is habitually closed facilities that a private owner, so it's a gentleman, and um, like he owns a lot of small nursing homes in the city, and they're always closed down about uh, or getting shut down for violations. Um, about, mm, I'd say exactly 16 years ago, my mother was in one of his nursing homes and it was closed down. And even though I was like 16 and a kid, um, I facilitated getting my mother out of this nursing home because the things that I saw were so grotesque. Even though we had already wanted her out of there, I had to make sure that I got her out of there and I took care of her because it was very disgusting. And I remember um, having a conversation with his staff where they told me I was a child and I needed to stay in a child's place. But um, anyway, I went back prior to the initial orientation um, that happened this Tuesday. So I went in Monday and tried to get the employee handbook. I was refused, so I insisted and insisted, and I was told, okay, here, I'll give you this, but um, this is probably old and out of date. 
Oh, I got home late, so I didn't really get to read it anyway. And then I went in Tuesday, and it was the exact same thing with a tremendous amount of errors. It was uh, In this handbook, all they did was slap on the um, first page the new name of the facility because this is what happens with this gentleman. And a lot of RNs and LPNs and CNAs lose their right to work in the field because there's always some issue. But he, it still had inside of the book, it was referring to itself as the old name. And they opened themselves up under new names, and then they just brand, brand themselves as this new name and say that they're under new management when it's not. He just, the owner does this. Like literally every, he owns over three, every five years or less, his facilities are, closed down and open up again. So this is a place where I want to get out of as soon as possible. Um, When the policy, because they always like to read to you the policy and procedure book, uh, there were several or eight black women who were hired, so we were all given orientation at the same time. Uh, One was, quote, unquote, considered biracial. Um, So I thought that was a little... um, you know, it's like, you know, are they putting us all together like this, or is it, is it just me? Um, so we, if the procedures and things were read to us, but they did not follow this policy book that was given to us. And I request after um, orientation if I could have what the nurse educator was reading to us, and she said no because I told her this isn't. Follow this, and some of this is not inside of this handbook. Um, I did not fully read this handbook. I only skimmed it literally for five or so minutes when I got home, so I don't consider that reading it. Um, When after that she said no, um, because she does not have what she needs to print it which is true, she doesn't have anything in her office, but she should be able to get something from downstairs, and she didn't want to do that. During her reading of the policy and procedures, she went on a 20 to 30-minute rant about the function of the facility. This is a very old nurse. She looks like she's in her 70s. Um, And a lot of us women were looking at each other like, oh, my God, what did we just get ourselves into because of her rant? Um, there were a lot of things we weren't told, a lot of things that are unsettled. I found out today because I had to go back and get a PPD reading that we are in a union. We have fees. No one has told us what our fees are because I don't – I try to stay away from jobs that are unionized because I don't think – as a black female, they're going to represent me anyway, so then I just get $100 or so taken out of my paycheck every week for no representation. So I usually try to steer away from those type of places. She didn't know because she's an RN and she doesn't have to pay union dues. Um, so I've asked a few people. No one has said anything. No one knows anything. Um, the training, I thought that I was going to be starting on the floor uh, I could have started supposedly this weekend. I'm going to start next weekend, or at least that's what I wanted. And I was told today, oh, no, 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 you have to come down and do computer training 
for 30 hours. Um, I was told for a full, full week, and I tried to get the just. Finally, someone told me 30 hours needs to be done. But they don't know how I'm going to do it or how any of the other nurses are going to do it who, by the way, have started since Tuesday um, because we're supposed to have that done before we even go on the floor um, because there's not enough computers available. Um, so, yeah, uh, benefits, they re literally refuse to discuss benefits with us, exactly how that's going to work out because um, we don't need to know. I was told we don't need to know that it has to be after 90 days of hire. I was told that at least three times. Uh, they, I was supposed to do 312s, and I requested to work Saturday and Sunday and just do 216s and kind of suffer through that because I homeschool my kids, and I don't want to have some crazy situation uh, come about to say, on Fridays you're not with your kids homeschooling, you're violating some kind of law, and so I just wanted to do the 216s on the weekend. But they're going to let me do that, but they're still going to give me some type of prorated part-time, which I don't understand at all. Um, I don't understand how the pay works with that. I was just spewed a whole bunch of things, and I'm like, okay, we'll come back to this because it was just, I, I didn't understand all these numbers and six-eighths of some kind of pay she was telling me I was going to get if I worked holidays. Um, and, um, yeah, that was that was about it. I just thought it was, um, again, very strange that all of the black, although it is a lot of, black people who work here, and again, the white females are all in the management positions. Um, I just thought it was real strange that all of us, it was, was all black women being oriented on the same day? I don't know. Um, and so, yeah, that's that's it with what's going on with this job, and I'll um, keep you guys updated on, you know, whatever comes up. Wow. At least from it sounds like you have already made the same conclusion. But any sort of job where the policy and procedure either is not viewed as being very important or if they give you the man manual and it's a lot of errors and, you know, looks like it hasn't been updated or I guess they said that uh, it has been updated. I'm not clear if they gave you the updated version of the policy or not. That already should be major warning uh, in terms of the uh, environment that you're in. Uh, that they clearly are not following their own rules and regulations. Uh, and that, just to me, if you are a victim of racism, a non-white person, that anything uh, could happen to you in this environment. It sounds like you already had confirmation of that. If they have a track record of uh, facilities being closed and violations and that sort of thing, you already know that that's the type of uh, environment that you're in. So, I mean, you can... Unfortunately, you can expect any type of thing to happen uh, if you're in that sort of environment. I've had the misfortune uh, of working in, in environments like that. And I mean, it's just uh, it's just a horrendous situation. Not any type of workplace situation under racism, white supremacy is bad. But I mean, that is an acute uh, type of stress and an acute type, an acute challenging workplace uh, when you just know up front that there's just no regard for, you know, policy, procedure, doing things in a correct manner. We're not, we don't even have uh, the pretense of putting out a manual with correct spelling and what have you and not errors and what have you to at least make it look like we're trying to do correct thing. We're not even willing to put that much effort into it. That just lets you know the type of environment that you're in. Um, 
Certainly same with that sort of thing. I would certainly keep my resume uh, up to date and see if you can find a better environment, because that just sounds like even even if it's not you personally where they're attacking you and making things difficult for you. It sounds like this sort of facility, the same thing could happen that's happened to other facilities where it ends up getting closed down or they have violations or whatever the case may be. So I certainly would, you know, make an effort to not get comfortable in this spot at all. Uh, looking to keep, you know, resume updated and, and that sort of thing so that you can at least try to get in a better situation than this. Cause this just sounds like for a variety of reasons, the whole thing uh, could go very, very bad. Uh, and with short notice, uh, if just from, from based on uh, what you shared thus far. Um, can I, can I speak to the situation guys? Uh, yes, sir. Oh, okay, thank you. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, I was going to say, it seems like there's a lot of potentially illegal things going on there. Um, I remember when I was coming up, there was a club in Brooklyn in Bed-Stuy called the Rainbow Ballroom, and it was notorious for getting shot up. I actually almost got killed there one night myself. And um, the, every time that it was a shooting, they would change the name and the same owner would open it up under a different name and more people would get shot or killed. And then he would just do the same thing. And I remember eventually um, the city actually closed it down permanently due to the fact that he was doing this. And to me, the fact that you said that he's changing the name um, like this repeatedly like this is a sign that there's something illegal going on there. Then when you talk, talk about the fact that there's all white females in management positions, normally when there's criminal activity, you'll find that there's all white people that are in management positions because they're usually in cahoots with the owner in doing certain things or helping them get away with certain things. And then also the legality of the manual, the fact that you have a manual where they just slap, you know, a cover on it essentially with the name of the new company, but yet the wording and the verbiage is speaking to the company under the old name. That is a legal document. So how can you address, have it addressed as the the manual for a new company, yet all the information and the name of the company within that within that manual itself is referencing a company that's supposedly defunct or non-existent. So that in and of itself seems very, very off-kilter as far as from a legal standpoint, because that is something you can take to court to defend yourself if they do something in violation of those rules and policies. So, I mean, there's a the illegalities that he might be involved in because it seems like he might be on some real criminal activity that's being held held from you all. And um, just the whole idea of him not them not giving you the other information requested if it, if it was um, regarding, you know, uh, pay or vacation or whatever. These, these are essential things you need to know before accepting a position, yet they're asking you to accept the position with, without knowing very pertinent details. And all of these things speak to me of a lot, a lot of underhanded things. So just be trying to be as cognizant as possible um, while you're um, looking for another position elsewhere as to what's going on around you so that, God forbid, they don't potentially have you or anyone else um, that's black there partaking in potentially illegal activity that you're not aware of because just just with everything you're explaining, the, the red flags are just numerous. And um, I do wish you the best. And again, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry for you, just like I'm sorry for the, um, the guy in Brooklyn. You know, I just wish you the best. Yeah, I'd definitely like to say they made a sign. Um, this was so many papers that they made a sign. And um, after, like, two or three people asked questions about particular things with, within that that we had to sign, we were told to just hurry up and sign everything because I have to do this, this, and this, and this. 
Um, so I didn't sign a lot of that stuff. And I think going in, like I went in Tuesday, with, I pretty much Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, just for like this or that, like the PPD thing, and then to get the scan. And so I went in Wednesday to, you know, get our code and scan our, do our finger image. And she had those papers that I didn't sign because some of them, I was like, I'm not signing this, what? And one of them was, um, because I wasn't going to sign it without clarity. One of them, one of the papers was that I'm signing this, acknowledging that there are flaws within the policy and procedure book and that even though this is referencing such and such nursing home, we're really referring to the new name, such and such nursing home. I was, it was like, oh my God, this is, this is strange. Um, so yeah, that was one of the documents that we had to sign to say we know that this says this nursing home on here, but this is not really. We're talking about this nursing home. Another thing is um, with that with that manual, the printout was so sloppy and grotesque. They did not send this to a professional print company or anything, which probably would have been cheaper for them to do. It was, it's so blurry. And many of the papers are crooked and cut off. And I also asked for another copy of that because of the shabby print job, and I was told no. So that was like another um, problem for me. I'm very particular about even my own journals and, um, you know, like personal files and um, that type of thing outside of, you know, I can not read some of the stuff bothers me. I have to have my paper crisp and it has to read, you know, well as far as the print job. And this just does not. And they will not give new ones because they, they said it's so many pages. We can't just keep printing new ones. Um, and I'm like, well, why didn't you just get it printed nicely? So that was another um, little odd thing with this job. I- I'm going to keep my resume updated. It's very hard because summers are um, best for me because I can have my kids in camp, and then I can do my five-week training, three-week training, whatever it is, and not worry about missing school time because I'm starting a new job, and they're going to want me to do training, which is usually going to be Monday through Friday, and I'm going to have to compensate in the evening when I'm educating my kids, you know, and be extremely exhausted or whatever. So um, that's why I I really try to, you know, try to get wherever I'm going to work wrapped up in the summer. Um, So I don't know. I'm going to keep my resume updated, but I don't know how it's going to go because, again, I can't just start um, a new job mid-school year and then worry about going through all the training again. But, um, again, I'll let you guys, I'll keep you guys updated on um, whatever odd things that I see at this uh, place of employment. Gus, I have a question. Yes, sir. Um, Have any of the, uh, well, first question, have you, you haven't received a paycheck from this uh, job yet? No, we are supposed to receive one next week. Okay, and then uh, 
do you know if any of the employees ever had a problem with uh, receiving their pay from this company? Yes, the um, nurse educator who um, did our orientation, most of our orientation with us, when I was walking out and I asked her about the union fees, she said she's sorry she didn't know and that she asked, but she was told that was none of her business because it doesn't pertain to her. She also said that her first paycheck, her and I guess another um, she's like a, has a PhD in nursing, but there's also other um, RNs who got hired around the same time as her, and that all of them got their paychecks. They had all these fees taken out, and all of their paychecks said zero. So um, that they all got together, went down, and made an issue about it, and that someone had to come in from home and cut them all new paychecks that day. Um, so that I was another thing that I thought was like, okay, like does she know that she's scaring me even more from this place? But she she literally said um, during the orientation, you know, if if I get I applied for other jobs, they all called me back the day after I accepted this one, and I regret that they didn't call me a day sooner. So um, I hope that answers that about the pay. Her first paycheck was zero. Um, well, I asked that question because uh, it just sounds like uh, they running like a straight criminal racket. And uh, I can see people working and almost not even getting paid. And then they'll just be like, oh, well, you know, and that's all I have. I was going to say just when you were saying um, about the fact that some of the pages aren't legible and that they're refusing to reprint them, um, it, again, it's a legal document. Like how even in court they'll be lambasted for, for creating documents that are not even legible and they're created so shabbily and they have the nerve to say that um, they don't have the money to make new ones, then you shouldn't actually have a business then. If you can't put money towards something as basic as a company manual, then why are you even running a business? And I thought the similar thing to the previous call in regards to them toying around with people's money because it kind of reminded me, I remember a few, I guess maybe a, a couple of months back there was a caller who was dealing with something similar. I think he was working at a car dealership where like they were messing around with, the, with people's checks on a regular basis and they had to come together to complain to, I think it was the owner, if I remember correctly, about the same situation. So Definitely, um, I just hope you're able to find something really, really quick because this definitely seems like a racket, like a like something se severely criminal. And um, just the process is what you're discussing, and then the history of this this man renaming the company, and then wanting you to sign a document that even though the the, the manual is speaking of company A, it's really speaking about company B. I mean, this is nonsense. Like this is stuff. I mean, it's, it's just this it's layers, it's multi layers of underhanded activity. And it's definitely when you see something like that um, for those listeners, where you come into a situation and things look like that shabby and just not done correctly, expect that your treatment is going to look like that manual. Once you see that something as important, but basic as that is not being, you know, taken care of or respected, then think, especially if you're black, understand that you're going to be treated like that manual, whatever that manual looks like is exactly what your treatment is going to be like and probably worse than that. Thank you, and I'll mute my line.
I'd also like to say I think that that may be why there's, I mean, mostly, if not all, other than management, black staff. These may be people to take the fall. This is at least one of three nursing homes this gentleman owns. At the other one, which is closer to where I live, um, I think that's been open three years, and they've already been on the news for violations. That staffing is primarily black. So these are black women who are going to get, as nurses and CNAs, their license taken away that they have worked for, our CNAs a certificate. Um, they're, and RNs, they're, they're going to be the ones who are pushed to sign things that they didn't do or to catch up on this paperwork so that the owner doesn't get in trouble. And they're going to be the one. He's just going to open up and get another name. You can't just become an RN or LPN under a different name the same way that he changes names on these companies every few years. And I, I'm just, I know that I need to leave this place because I know from the treatment of my mother at one of his facilities, it was just so grotesque. Um, and I'm really nervous, but I, I don't have a choice but to work here until something else comes along. Context of white supremacy. That is uh, a conundrum that, uh, unfortunately, uh, the system of white supremacy reproduces worldwide, uh, where many, many black people worldwide are in that exact same type of position uh, where you know uh, you're working for some sort of criminal enterprise, you're being mistreated, if they're working uh, and serving others, the people that they're serving uh, are being mistreated, uh, but racists require that you have some sort of job uh, to sustain yourself under their system. Uh, just a lot of non-white people end up in that sort of situation. And exactly as you said, uh, the company and the racists who are operating the company, they don't end up being the ones who face any sort of punitive charges or what have you. It just ends up being invariably uh, the black people uh, who end up being the ones who take all the blame. It's their fault. And then the racists, they just go open up another organization, do the exact same thing. Uh, other people that we have not heard from. Uh, if we have other folks that we have not heard from at all, if you had commentary you wanted to share, uh, chime in. I just, I, just have one more, I just have one last thing for the previous caller. Um, just that I'm glad she didn't sign anything, and please do not sign anything without reading it, because if you can, if they put you in a situation where you can lose your license, um, then you definitely don't want to sign anything if they give it to you without reading what it is first. So that's the last thing I wanted to say. Thank you. Hello, can I be heard? Yes, sir. Hello, hello, Gus, and greetings to you and, and all the callers. Uh, this is Mel. I just had a little incident the other day at my job. Um, I, I work with the school system, so um, I have to interact with different faculty members and so forth, different administrators. And there's this one guy that's, you know, he's he's a white man, and he's, you know, one of the aggressive ones, I would say. But whenever he sees me, he always addresses me. He says, hey, what's up, brother? What's up? And this may be petty, but I just need your feedback, and I need your advice on this. 
he always approaches me and, you know, he greets me with, hey, brother, what's up, brother? You know, and that really irks me. So I let it go on for maybe a couple of weeks. And, uh, um, you know, the other day, you know, he said, hey, what's up, brother? And I say, um, man, can can you tell, how do, I can't remember, how do we spell our mother's name? And he looked at me and, you know, I think he automatically understood um so I didn't have to say, you know, what I was implying. But um, he said, uh, what do you mean? I said, you keep calling me brother. And, I mean, I don't, do we share mothers? And, and he was just, oh, no, no, no. And he, you know, kind of just kind of backed off into the shadows. But before I got back to base, there was already a note on the desk with my supervisor um, basically stating that there was an incident. And so I explained to my, you know, uh, subordinate, well, my, my supervisor, whatever you want to call her, and she's a black woman. And she said, well, you have three things you can do. You can either talk to him or you can um, talk to the principal at the school or you can just leave it alone. And so, you know, I I was really perplexed, but I was I was really confused on how to deal with that situation. And it may seem petty to you know everybody, but to me that because he never addresses anybody um, else that way. It's only me. I'm a brother, and and that really just gets to me. That real gets me on, you know. And I just wanted to know your in those type of situations, how would you handle that passive aggressive? Racism. I mean, it's, it's basically like taunting. Like, I'm not your brother. You know, I'm not your brother. We're not brothers. You don't um, address uh, people that look like you as brother. Why am I brother? I just wanted your feedback or feedback from the callers, and I wanted to know if I handled that situation correctly because I, I feel I did, but I wanted to really say more. But I tried to, you know, just stay codified. And can I please get? Um, you know, your feedback on that situation? For sure. Um, that has come up before uh, when we've discussed workplace racism. I think, number one, in terms of just understanding, I think because for some people, they might not identify that as an act of white supremacy racism. They might just say, oh, well, you know, he's just he's trying to be cool or, you know, that's just what people say in the workplace environment, that sort of thing. And that is not my opinion at all. Uh, in my view, that is an act of white supremacy racism. It should be thought of as such. And exactly the point that you said kind of towards the end that he doesn't do this to anybody else. Any of the other people that work there, they're not. Hey, brother, morning, sister. He doesn't do that. It's just you uh, as a black person that gets recognized in that sort of way. And I think that sort of uh, kind of uh, tacky, uh, slick racism, uh, I think, is very, very common on the jobs where either I think some of the people that have called in before, well, they will say that the racist, that they will start going into some sort of slang. And it's exclusively they do this sort of act just when they're talking to another uh, another black person on the job. They don't do this sort of act. They don't talk in this sort of way 
uh, when they're talking to other whites on the job, a la Sue Africa, the way that she sounded when she talked to us. So uh, I definitely I think you're totally correct uh, in assessing this as an act of racism in terms of how you handled it. I always am a big advocate of staying in the question lane uh, in terms of just asking him, you know, do we have the same mom or how do we spell our mother's name? And he got he you said he immediately recognized uh, what he was doing. Whites are not ignorant about practicing racism. Uh, I'm not surprised in terms of immediately you getting back to your your work area and there being a note that this is a quote unquote incident uh i'm reminded i think it was the female caller in new york where it, and i think it was the same type of thing where it was a white person addressing her by something other than her name or how she wanted to be called where he wanted to call her i think it was either her middle name or her first name or it was something other than what she wanted to be called and she just made a request i think she just asked him if you could please call me by my last name or what have you and leave it at that and it was the same thing he immediately he goes to report this and then she has to have a meeting with the supervisor and oh my they said that you know you were rude or this that and the other because you asked him not to call and just asking did i do something incorrect am i being you know accused of violating company policy and procedure and having to ask repeatedly to get them to say no, this was just brought to my attention and then we can proceed with the working place. So I don't think you did anything incorrect in terms of how you handle it. As I said, I always think it's uh, a good idea when you can stay in the question lane for how you deal with those, this sort of thing. I don't think it's petty because I do think it's an act of racism. I think it's just one of the ways uh, that they just get to be tacky on the job. Uh, and it's really it's a really thinly veiled uh, act of disrespect towards you as a black person and making you think, oh, I'm cool, I'm down, I'm down with the niggers, my brother, my black, I mean, it, all of it. And I think it's uh, an act of counter-racism when you can stop that. And I think there are probably a variety of ways that you can go about doing that. You can do what you did. You can just ask a question. You can just make a request. Uh, I would prefer if you just address me by my name. My name is, you know, Mr. Jackson. My name is Miss Johnson. If you could just call me that or if you're on a job where people go by first name basis, you know, my name is Ted. Please call me Ted. I prefer if that's the way that you address me every time uh, on the job. Not brother. You can do it that way. Variety. I'm sure some other folks have some other suggestions, but this has come up repeatedly uh, in workplace racism, where it's the same sort of thing. If it's not brother, it's partner or some other tacky little derivative uh, that racists come up with on the job. Uh, did other folks, do y'all have any other suggestions in terms of if, if other people have dealt with that, how they neutralized it, or any suggestions on how you would stop this behavior, if you even think it's worth stopping? May I be um, heard? Uh, I heard two people. Uh, yeah, I, I, you can go first. Go ahead, I'll go ask you. Oh, okay, thank you. I was going to say, I think um, the caller handled it very well. I, I would definitely agree with you, Gus. As far as staying in the question lane, that is absolutely the best way to go because um, they really can't refute a question, whereas if it's a statement, it can potentially turn into an argument. Um, I could tell he was uh, viscerally affected by it. So, you know, um, I think you handled it well, and hopefully um, he won't do that again. I wanted to uh, just speak to something that you that the caller said, and then Gus kind of uh, spoke to it too. Um, I just want to say there is no act of racism that is petty or small. Um, these creatures do things on a myriad of levels, and sometimes we're not even consciously aware, but we, we react the same way we would as if we were consciously aware, but we're not consciously aware we're being assaulted. And any act of racism that has a negative effect on you psychologically, spiritually, whatever the case may be, is valid. So I just wanted to say that, please, anyone, don't ever assume that a situation you're dealing with is not important or something that's discardable, 
Um, because those sometimes it's those little things that can make you snap like Colin Ferguson. Sometimes it's not the major stuff. Sometimes it's just an accumulation of those those le- those little things that might set you off. So don't ever discount those things. And if you have the opportunity, speak about them. You know, no no question is stupid. You know, just ask a question or just say what it is you have to say. Um, you will get the support you need. Don't ever feel like anything is petty or not worthy of discussion because you know everyone's affected by the system differently. And um, like I said, sometimes for some people, it's those small things that really push you over the edge. Um, and for other people, it could be big incidents, accumulations of those are just one big incident. So, um, you know, it's just important for us to keep mentally healthy and to take care of one another that um, we think in that manner that there's nothing too big or too small um, that shouldn't be addressed, especially when it comes to workplace racism, because that's where we spend the majority of our time. We, most people spend more time at work than they spend with their family. So this is very important for all of us. Thank you. Um, have you heard? Yes, sir. Um, I think you handled that situation brilliantly. Um, what I would ask is, uh, what was the incident that was supposed to have happened? <laughs> well, he said that, that I was rude. Uh, he, uh, apparently I was rude to the administrator and I explained my situation and, um, the, the, person that is uh i don't i don't like saying supervisor or boss i don't know what to call them but the person i can't that came to me with it basically said you know she was like sometimes you just have to just let that stuff go and she's a black woman <laughs> you have to just let that stuff go and you just got to let that stuff kind of roll off i said well i can't do that and you know i'm it, it was it, it was just very very strange but since then um he he refers to me as my first name, but he created an incident of it, and that was my concern. I mean, it was like yeah. man to man. Like I asked him a question, he hurried up and ran and, and told it. So it, that was very interesting. Um, I had a situation at work. White guy, I got longer hair, and uh, the white guy uh, said, "What's up, Hempen?" Um, you know, I looked at him like he was speaking Chinese and said, uh, "I'm not a pimp." You know, and uh, left it at that. And uh, I had another situation where this was not work-related, uh, just walking into a gas station, a uh, white guy begging for change, said, hey, what's up, brother? I'm like, I'm not your brother, you know. And um, I think that, you know, I think you handle it, uh, you know, very well. Um, and it's for the supervisor uh, or the boss or whatever, um I would uh, have a question for her, um, meaning what do you mean by let it go? Um, Is it um, policy to call people by nicknames or not address someone in their uh, proper name, uh, whether that be the first name or last name? And uh, second question would be uh, do I address people in that manner? And thank you. Thank you. I'm sorry, Mel. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That that was basically exactly how the conversation went, and I appreciate that feedback because I was kind of feeling guilty, like maybe I was being overbearing or rude, but, you know, yeah, that's exactly how, and I kind of felt sorry for the sister, like, you don't get it. You you really, you, you really on their side, And, and I felt sorry for her, but that's okay. 
thank you very much for your feedback. I really appreciate it. Um, I was going to um, say to you, too, in regards to the incident or it being involved uh, as an incident, I would ask that supervisor, is this incident supposed to reflect negatively on me? Because all I did was ask this person to address me by what I would like to be called and not to call me outside of my name. Did he say something derogatory? No, but he did not call me by what I wish to be addressed. And is it okay in this company? Is that a company policy that you can address people however you feel like addressing them? Even if you're not saying something aggressive or you're not cursing at them, the bottom line is you're not addressing a person with the way that they wish to be addressed. And, and I would just say, hey, this should not be logged as an incident against me, and I want to make sure that's not the case. Otherwise, I would like to ask everyone, if you have like a company-wide meeting, is it okay for us to call each other whatever we want to call, them, call each other, or should we address each other by what we wish to be called? And then at that point, they'll have to do something about it if they put it in your file because they should not be putting something in your file for something like that where you're addressing being called outside of your name and being addressed in a way in which you do not wish to be addressed. So I don't know how that ended up, but that's something I would definitely take issue with if they attempt to put it in you know, your file as something that counts against you as if you did something to this, this person who is basically disrespecting you. And, um, you know, he's doing it in a terroristic way. So I just wanted to say that to you as well. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes. Um, very briefly, um, I just wanted to say to the lady caller first, um, yeah, anytime you sign a legal document, you're bounded by it. So um, I would definitely want them to give me a very clear copy. I would say, no, nah, I'm not signing anything that I can't read. Um, if stuff is cut off, I mean, like, this is a, this holds up in court. I signed it. This could be saying I willingly give up my license if this place is whatever. So I, I would just um, really, um, really look into that. As for the, the brother comment, um, she around, amongst here in New York, especially amongst the Italians, um, big guy for earthquakes, right? They will use brothers as a cold word for niggers. Like, yeah, I was hanging out with some brothers, you know, they, they, they kind of throw it out there so you know they're talking about black people. Um, and I would really, you know, check that right away. Um, I'm not your brother. I wouldn't say I'm not your brother. I would say I would prefer to be called by my name uh, as opposed to that, but... When white people use brother, it's it's a slick way of them saying, Yo, what's up, nigga? Like like you know, like they're cool, like I, I don't I don't take I, that one in particular, I, uh, they'll use bro. That's another one they like to use bro or bruh. Hey, what's up, bruh? And um, you know, quickly, no Thomas, you know, no, nah, I'm not you know, but I, I don't like that one in particular because that can be used as a cold word for what's up nigger. And I'll be my wife. For folks that recall, this is another reason why I said this is not a spectator broadcast. Uh, it is very important, at least in my opinion, um, when people are even black people, victims of white supremacy, are able to share these type of experiences. You get to hear how common this is, because I think for the caller that just dialed in to share this incident, um, well, this is not just you. This is widespread. I, I mean, there have been a lot of people uh, the times where we've been focusing on workplace racism who have dialed in, who have had the exact same 
type of incident where uh, black males, black females, the whole gambit, uh, where whites come in and they make up some nicknames, whether it's bruh, partner, you know, whatever it is, uh, and it's just you that they do this. They don't do this with anybody else. Uh, they don't do this with any other white coworkers where they make up little names and what have you. How uh, you were saying where you were almost feeling guilty, like did I, you know, make a big deal out of something that, you know, was not really an act of racism and that sort of thing. And uh, this is why I think it's really important just hearing how common this is, because it totally is an act of white supremacy, racism. It should be regarded uh, as such. And I think it has even been pretty similar in terms of when we've had callers who have said that they did say something about this and they didn't get nasty. They didn't curse the person out. Um, they just, you know, would you please, I would prefer if you, I think as Thomas just said, I'd prefer if you address me by my name, uh, or just I, this is how I would like to be referenced every time. Please don't, you know, call me anything other than if it's first name, last name, however they, they choose to be referenced with a white person. They took the course of action of, oh, my gosh, this is a we got some uppity nigra on the job. And now this is going to be an incident report. And we got to put something in your file. And we got to get a manager or a supervisor to come and chastise you. How dare you, you know, take issue with being called bruh, partner or whatever, you know, they make up to call you uh, on the job. That's in my view why I think it's uh, extremely important. And I would make sure to highlight. If you're because I think the black female who raised this as an issue last week, the same thing happened when she got called in to get this pseudo reprimand. It was uh, a black, quote unquote, supervisor uh, who was the one who addressed this, where I said that she did great counter racist work. Where She just kept asking, is there anything incorrect about me being me requesting to be called by my name like everyone else here? And then they finally no. There's nothing incorrect. You didn't do anything wrong. Now let's go back to work. Uh, it took a lot of question asking to get to that point. Uh, but one of the things that I would point out, which I think you, you clarified, just he doesn't address anyone else in this manner. If we're all supposed to be treated equally, if policy and procedure apprise equally across the board, then it shouldn't just be that I am being singled out to get some sort of special title or name or nickname on the job. If everyone else gets called by whatever, however they want to be addressed, then I would hope the same applies for me. And if it does not, why? You get to stay in the question lane on that one, too. Uh, other folks that we have not heard from at all, if we have other people who have a hand up that we have not heard from, uh, if you had uh, observations or your own situation you wanted to share, feel free. Please do not wait until the last minute. Thank you kindly. Yeah, because, can I say one more? Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, let's nap some of the people that we haven't heard from real quick, and I'll make sure we get you in as well, Thomas, in New York. Uh, I think that was caller in Florida. Were you going to share, sir? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, can, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Um, yes, uh, greetings to Gus, the host, the listeners and callers. I had about four or five incidents, if I could share. Uh, the first was uh, I was, well, because I'm, I'm training in my new department that I've been transferred to. And it was very interesting. It was toward the end of the day, like on Monday, where uh, I was helping out a customer. It was a white guy helping him find some kind of um, property deed. And he was leaving and he asked, um, you know, like, what time do we close? And I said, we close at 5. And then he, it was around maybe like 4.45. And... He said, oh, well, you know, you can just, you know what, you can just go ahead and leave. You know, I'll, I'll sign you off, you know. I guess since he, uh, a random white person, he just took it upon himself to say, hey, you know, I can just, I pretty much have the authority over you, so you can go home when I when I say so, even though it's before the time you're supposed to leave. 
So I, I found that interesting. And the second was the racial classifications on like arrest reports and sworn complaints. It was a black female that came in and she was very confused about a, uh, a history that she had. And it was a charge on that that she didn't recognize, but it was her first and last name. But she was classified as white on the uh, on the on the list for the uh, the case. So it was a sworn complaint. So apparently, I think a, a race soldier, I guess he might have had some kind of racist intent. You know, I guess uh, classifying her as white because I think on those the sworn complaints is where somebody else um, describes you. And I think the officer describes you as well. So she didn't know that she was being classified as white and black at the same time. Like it was, it would be one on the search results that would come up black for the female name. And the second one came up as white. So, you know, I went and asked a white person, the supervisor, and he says, you know, the sworn complaints is basically when somebody uh, files a complaint about you and you, you, like, you can have something in the system about you and you won't even know it. So she was just completely just, you know, baffled about that. So I guess um, we ended up going to talk to uh, some more other white people about uh, rectifying the issue. But, yeah, the, the classification thing is very interesting because there are people coming up that's being classified as white, but the people that I'm looking at that come in there, they don't look nothing like white people. They can be somebody that we might call black or, you know, a Indian or whatever, um, Latino, but, you know, so like they're coming up as white or unknown or something like that on the results. And, um, like for number three, my third one, I heard a, a conversation between like one of the bailiffs, the sheriffs, like a young guy, he was talking to uh, a white female. And like, as I was getting on the elevator, I was about to go to the first floor. And uh, he said, well, you know, I'm just trying to watch out because, you know, they're, they're shooting at us and trying to kill us. So, you know, you see what's going on on the news. So I guess uh, I, um, based on what he was saying, he was probably talking about, because this happened a few weeks ago. Um, I guess he was talking about those shootings that occurred and what happened in Dallas a little while ago. So I guess he, like, they was talking about that amongst themselves as uh, two white people. So it seemed like he was a little shocked when I uh, walked up and walked on the elevator. So, you know, I guess he just took that however he took it. And uh, number four was I was walking into another department, uh, actually the older department of people I know, and... I said, I think I said something about wisdom or something like that. I said, um, I said, are you sharing any, any grand wisdom today? You know, try and get him to be constructive because he can be constructive. The uh, white supervisor, my old supervisor. And <laughs> he turns around, he was, he was, uh, in front of the cashier. So he turned around, did, did you say grand wizard? I said, no, I said grand wisdom. So, he, you know, he started, like, cracking a smile. You know, he bust out and said, Grand Wizard. So I was like, yeah, that's a, uh, a large error right there. That's not what I said. So, you know, he started giggling or whatever. So I had left that scene. So that that was number four. And, like, number five, like, this same guy, it was, like, at lunchtime, it was a white female. 
that was sitting in front of me. And uh, she she starts out by saying, hey, uh, why don't you tell Blank, she said my name, why don't you tell me about uh, that, that thing that happened? So in, in my brain, like I'm thinking, they're about to talk about something related to race because, you know, they have a tendency to do that, like around me. I guess it's a, a sense of comfortability or they're trying to, I guess, gauge on like what I think and my my views on it. But I've always asked questions, so I just let them say what they're going to say and see what constructive um, information I can get out of it. So this guy, he says, oh, yeah, you know, I went to the uh, Best Western or some kind of motel where, you know, he said he, he named two incidents. He said on Saturday I went and it was two black women that was in the hot tub. So I got in the hot tub and they got out, you know, when I got in there, basically long story short. And then, you know, I guess he was, he was pointing out observation or whatever. And, um, he, he said, I guess they, they walked a couple of steps away from the hot tub, you know, and he said he thought that was, that was odd. Now he never used the term racist or racism. And he said like, it was a, a black guy with some dreads that was there on another night. And I guess he was telling me that he was trying to get combative with him. That's the term he used. And uh, saying that, you know, why why do I have to be, you know, considered an African-American? And, you know, you know what? I'm a Hebrew. He, he told me that's what this black male said. So, you know, I'm just listening to what he's saying. Um, and the black guy, he asked, he asked him, he, he told me, he asked him, you know, you know what, what, what did you think about me when you first seen me? So now before he told me what he said he thought, he said, you know, he had these dreadlocks and stuff. So, you know, I didn't really want to say anything to get him upset. So just see, just right there, he, he uh, told me a great deal of truth. So basically he was being dishonest and he said, oh, you know, when I first seen you, because he was with his girlfriend, when I first seen you, I thought you would just be an awesome guy to have that, that kind of girlfriend or something. Basically, he was being um, uh, brutally dishonest. So he said he was uh, trying to quell the, the tension in the conversation. And uh, basically, he ended up just saying, you know, the, the so-called prejudice, he's the word prejudice, can't come from both sides. You know, we have a division. And uh, it's not just white people or something like that. <laughs> And then he says, you know, my, my son is married to a black woman. You know, he's just telling me all this stuff. So I said, oh, really? And then, uh, you know, when, uh, you know, when they trying to, to hit me with that label that I'm a racist, I just tell them, you know, my son is uh, married to a black woman. And then I asked him, you know, what do they say after that? And then he says, well, they don't usually say anything. So, you know, that conversation ended and then I went to go clock back in. So, yeah, I thought. I thought I should share that with the program. And that's that's all I have for now. Thank you. Myriad of activity this week. Fascinating. Fascinating. I was wondering where the, in the kind of final vignette where you shared where he had the, the hot tub thing and then he saw the, uh, I guess he saw a non-white male with uh, 
locks and you know they had their exchange or what have you i was waiting to see where he was going with that and the oh see everybody is racist it's not just you know white people black people are racist too they were racist and hopped out of the hot tub and you know it's it's everybody uh it's like that i was curious and i in my view at least on the job this is why i say consistently uh on the job we're not supposed to be talking about racism i even discourage that with other non-white people uh on the job that's not why you signed up to work in that particular environment to go there and to share your views on racism. Uh, It's been my experience that a lot of victims of racism run into trouble. I think uh, that whites, they do that sort of thing deliberately to make those type of comments or if they're going to tell you a story like that uh, just to get you to respond. I think the caller said just to try to get you to start talking so we can can study and see what this nigga thinks or to just get you riled up. They'll share something like that or they'll share something where you can get upset. They'll start talking about Black Lives Matter or even where he said the bailiff where he came in, the bailiff was talking about, oh, yeah, they're shooting at us. I mean, gosh. And, you know, to try to get you all excited uh, so that you'll start talking then they can file that away sometimes they do this just so this will be their form of entertainment uh, oh yeah we got that nigger riled up went down there and started talking about this or talking about that or we brought up Donald Trump and you know they were just fuming and upset and they started rolling for about the next 15 minutes ruined their whole day I think they do that or they will use that then they can start getting a catalog of things where they want to reprimand you or get you in trouble saying that you brought up something that you shouldn't have on the job or you offended such and such person on the job I've seen that sort of thing consistently so I always think that is the best thing to do if they start telling you those sort of stories particularly it has nothing to do with the job you can just listen quietly and allow them to share make whatever mental notes if you want to document if you got your little device where you can record and share that uh, later great I would not have anything to say at all even if they uh, ask you your opinion that's interesting. I'll have to think about it. Or you can come up with a myriad of non-responses uh, like that if they really try to goad you into responding to some of those sort of commentaries like that. Because I think that's just another standard racist tactic uh, to get us to respond. Uh, unless folks have uh, questions or observations, uh, some of the other folks that we have not heard from, anybody that we have not heard from at all, have commentary they wanted to get in? Yes. Can I hear I uh, thought I heard a female caller. Yes, this is Miss Meds out in Oregon. Um, I wanted to chime in on the uh, female caller who was uh, having so much trouble at the nursing home she was at. And um, due to me, because uh, it's problematic, very problematic, when she said that they did not want to discuss with her her benefits until after her 90 days. That, to me, is a sign that maybe they may not be able or may not be willing to keep people beyond their 90 days, and you may only be there 89 days. I've had this situation where I was um, employed full-time for a dental office that had a union, and um, I was let go on my 89th day, the day after Christmas. So um, I would have no shame if you had to, in fact, call back some of those employers that you turned down and say, you know, hey, things didn't work out, blah, 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 and get the ball rolling, I would do it because that place sounds trouble, absolute trouble. Um, The next thing that I wanted to uh, touch on was uh, last week there was a lot of medical um, talk, and there was a doctor. um, She called back and was talking about possible racism that was going on um, with two white females and one of them not addressing her by um, her credential of doctor. Um, 
to that, I would add that uh, I would not allow anyone to take my credential from me. She has probably had to work two and or three times extra hard to get her credentials. I would not let people take it away. Um, also, even if she wanted to be perhaps say more, I don't know, friendly about it. We had a, uh, a doctor. I was actually, she was a, she was a, an educator, but still a, a dentist. And um, her name was actually very complicated to say. So she didn't go by her, um, didn't, didn't allow people to call her by her last name because they, they would just pop it up anyway. So she went by her first name and she allowed people to call her Dr. Jenny. Maybe that's something she might want to try if she's, you know, wanting to be, I don't know, maybe a little bit more friendly than, than most. But I would not let them tear me away from my credentials. Um, and my workplace racism, I would like to add, um, I was temping at an office, and I had been there for several times, maybe in a two-week period, and I had noticed a um, a group working, a dentist, two um, female, female white dentist, and a uh, black assistant. And I just noticed that she was standing all the time, and that's fairly odd um, to be doing. And I didn't really get a chance to communicate with her because, you know, we were busy and, uh, you know, if something's going on, I'm always the first person to leave. So the next time that I got to have a word with her, I asked her, well, you know, well, why are you standing? All the, you know, is there like a special reason? And she had said that the dentist had told her that she paid better attention when she stood up. And I said, excuse me, how does she know that? How, how is this possible that she's going to make this claim and have your chair removed? I mean, it's not even in the room. It, 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 it was totally suspect to me. I, I told her, um, I also expressed to her that if she uh, needed to have someone fill in for her and they happened to call me, that I would not be abiding by that. That, that is the, the reason why I sought out that job was that you're not standing on your feet all day. And I also noticed that this person was wearing, um, to compensate because she was having to stand all day, she had on these big platform shoes with, like, um, cushioning in them. Well, if they're going to be taking away your chair, they've got to, I mean, it's just, it's just so problematic. I would have called OSHA. I would have not let that go down. I mean, that is a, a serious violation. I mean, you're going to have a chair removed. And, I mean, this isn't like some chair that you get. A dental assistant's chair is something that you find at an office depot. This is a chair that is specially made, designed, and engineered for you to sit in to do your job. So how it is that this woman is, is, is allowed to tell you that you pay better attention while you're standing up and um, you get to break your neck and back all day and nobody else in this office ha is doing that except for you, I said, um, that is highly suspect. And, <laughs> and if you call me, I'm not doing that. Um, and, and that was all that I had. Medical apartheid. Once again, medical apartheid, Harriet A. Washington. I think I did try to point that out consistently uh, as we were moving along. It's not just black patients uh, who are ter terrorized uh, by racists in their white lab coasts, uh, that if you are a black healthcare practitioner, uh, you are going to be terrorized as well. And that is well 
documented. Uh, but some black self-respect in trying to help out another uh, black person who's dealing with that sort of abuse uh, on the job. I know some people that's not part of their code, but the people who do make the effort do think that should be uh, acknowledged. Um, do we have anybody that we have not heard from? Anybody that we have not heard from? Make sure we don't miss anybody. Yes, may I be heard? Yes, sir. Yes, uh, good night to the host and all the other callers. Um, uh, <clears throat> elementary school teacher. I see, I observe uh, white people terrorizing, mistreating, miseducating, or not educating children every single day. And um, what, I, what I've noticed um, that um, <clears throat> all the deans for academic deans are, are white, and uh, the people in charge of discipline are, are non-white, uh, black, and um, uh, the people in charge of special education are white. Um, and uh, uh, what I noticed, uh, a couple of administrators, uh, white administrators, they're, they're pretty much, um, like, they don't be doing a lot. You know, they, they don't be doing much. They, they stay in their office um, or in their little corners or cubbies or whatever, what. They they really try to not interact with the students much. Um, they often uh, will state that uh, their job is to support teachers, and they're not really doing that. Also, um, there's this one uh, particular white male. Um, he's uh, one of the directors of special education, like early early elementary or early elementary, and. Um, he pretty much uh, does nothing, um, walks around the school, uh, interacts with the teachers uh, uh, whenever um, he does issues and stuff like that. He'll just walk through the classes, do a little observation, walk back out. Um, also, he's working on his doctorate. There are two white teachers that are uh, like directors that are working on their doctorates. So, um, yeah. But what I see is, uh, you know, these white teachers, uh, they're, they're in the school and um, they're pretty much there for the position and uh, the benefits and the money that come along with it. But they're, they're not interested at all in educating our non-white black children. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough working in a middle school, you know, because it's like you, you're seeing a uh, racism being played out, you know, against children, on children, you know, and uh, it just, just, you know, rings home to me, like, how serious this problem is, and, and uh, white people have uh, no intentions of um, uh, stopping practice racism, white supremacy, and that's all I'll share for now. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
can see it very clearly in those sort of uh, environments if you work in anything dealing with education, particularly education of a lot of black children or a lot of non-white children, that it is it is not designed with the best interest, optimal development of black children at all. If anything, it is for the enjoyment uh, of whites where they can get whatever benefits or they can make money uh, or have fun practicing racism and miseducating black children. That seems about the size of what it is set up for not maximizing the development of black children. That is totally opposite of the system of racism, white supremacy. Uh, did we miss anybody? Anybody who did not, who we have not heard from at all, have something they wanted to share? We got everybody. Nobody missed. Everybody who dialed in with a hand up uh, has been able to share. We didn't miss anybody. Grand, assuming folks are not waiting until the last minute. Uh, Thomas in New York, thank you for your patience, sir. Did you have something you were going to share? Oh, absolutely, man. You got to thank me for my patience. I, I know I take up a lot of time. I apologize. Um, but you said something that was so poignant, and I just um, thought I could um, uh, had an elaboration on it because um, when we were talking about the brother point, and you mentioned um, black females, and um, I want to say, you know, as we all know, if you listen to the cows, that white females are extremely dangerous, and they practice racism a lot better than white men. And um, so the the, the white women do this much more than white men do it. With white men come up to you, hey brother, you know, what's up, my man? However, I see white women come up to black females in every job I've had. Hey girlfriend, hey sis, you know, you may start popping their neck. They start talking and slang. They start rolling their eyes. You know, they go to lunch and see the black female. You know, just really going extra with it, in my opinion, because I think that they're receiving that white validation from that white female. Um, you know, they, they feel, you know, special at that moment. You know, it's, it's driving them. But I see the white females do that way more than uh, the white men um, will come up, you know, to you, call your brother. They, they'll call, they'll have a black friend at the workplace that, and they'll, they'll totally try to act black you know, um, or how they perceive a black person to act. They they, they start talking um, much more um, loosely um, and uh, uh, go right back to their desk amongst the other white people and turn right back to white real quick. And I just find that happening all the time at the workplace. And that's all I wanted to say, guys. Thank you. Mm, I think our uh, female caller in Michigan uh, she's dialed in before where she's talked about where she's had white women on the job and they were doing that sort of thing and wanted her to be cool. Like, I think uh, this she was talking about a specific uh, white woman race soldier where she had fooled uh, some of the other victims on the job. These are other black females. She was victimizing them and they all thought she was cool and down and she wanted to go hang out. I guess they were doing lunch or whatever, something non-work related where they were supposed to go hang out and. Um, our caller in Michigan, she was suspicious, appropriately suspicious that this is just a race soldier. She's just looking to terrorize me and getting me to, as they say, lower my guard uh, and talk about personal information about me. Uh, and it seemed to really bother 
this particular white woman that she did not fall for it, that she did not, you know, think, oh, yeah, this is, you know, just the greatest little white woman ever. And, you know, we can go hang out. This will be my little my little buddy uh, on the job. But I have seen uh, some of that behavior uh, amongst white women where they will do that and try and give the stereotypical uh, black behavior. You can put that in quotes uh, so that you think that they're down, they're cool. And, you know, I'm certainly not racist. I'm, you know, right in with you guys. I love, you know, hanging out with the niggers uh, where they can be some of the most dangerous people. Uh, and they can flip, go from that and go right back to their racist script uh, in about five minutes uh, on the job, if not faster. So certainly uh, you should be extremely suspicious. They are super dangerous in the workplace environment. One other thing I did also want to say, uh, we have about five minutes before we wrap up. If you're in an environment, really, it could be anywhere, but particularly uh, the black female, I think that was Lady uh, New York, where she was talking about this, you know, lawless, corrupt uh nursing environment uh if it's that slipshod where you know you can't even get a crisp copy of the manual i was going to say i guess you could ask if they have the the manual on file where you don't have to print it out where i can at least like you could email me the file and i could read it for myself but they might not even be willing to do that but if you know they are this corrupt i would not be surprised if they just forge signatures uh if they have employees who you know are wise intelligent enough to say well i'm not going to sign this because i can't read it or you know it sounds suspicious or i just have concerns i'm not going to sign this it would not shock me at all in that environment where they just go and you know do some sort of fakery uh once you have submitted the paperwork and they notice that you didn't sign it so i would be aware of that as well uh and if you can figure out a means of knowing which documents you did not sign if you can photocopy them or request a copy of your file or what have you just to kind of be mindful of that that you know that would not be out of the realm of possibility at all to just fake your signature and then if an issue does come up then they can oh yeah you did sign we have the evidence right here that you did sign this uh this information um other folks have anything else they want to make sure they get in before we get ready to wrap things up oh may i be heard Yes, ma'am. Um, I just wanted to say, I'm not sure, maybe I, maybe I did mention it. I was, I was going a little fast um, to um, Lady in New York about the, the nursing home. Um, she might want to call that, um, that union. They might have some information for her, either regarding her benefits, that they were able to provide her with that information, or either if she's able to call them, like maybe from another cell phone anonymously and ask them some questions. I think she might find out some information. Good suggestion. Good suggestion. Uh, anything else folks want to make sure they get in before we get ready to la- uh, wrap things up last few uh, minutes? As for that nursing home, I wouldn't be surprised if they're not engaged in some Medicaid for it. Uh, I see that all the time up here. Um They'll have they'll have people outside of the medical offices. Um, they they want the people to go inside with their Medicaid card signed, and when they come back outside, they'll give them fifty or sixty dollars, and they keep going on about their day. And at the same time, that doctors in there charging up all kinds of stuff on their Medicaid, and wait for the payment to come from the state or the government. But um, I see that all the time, and they have to have legitimate people down with it to make it look good, like nurses, um, LPNs probably, people that could do phlebotomy, you know, stuff to make it look good so they could take regular patients. But at the back end, um, they're paying people just so they could charge up their Medicaid. 
anything criminal, corrupt is possible in that sort of environment, really within, you know, the entirety of racism, white supremacy. But they're just making it blatant that they have uh, no intent of even given the facade that they're trying to do the correct thing in this environment. Um, also wanted to share yep. as, as well, just and then I'll make sure the other person, I think that was Roz, if you had comments you wanted to get in as well. Just really quick. Uh, also, if there's any sort of sexual terrorism going on, I think this was a lady where she shared before in a previous workplace situation where she was physically assaulted uh, by a white woman who struck her. Um, and I, this was a suggestion that was given, uh, I believe, by Mr. Fuller, because I asked him about that situation directly, uh, where he said, because that sort of thing, too, can come down to a he said, she said. I think in that example that she gave, there was no one present who observed uh, the assault. So it was just the same thing. You have a black person's word against a white person's word, and you're probably not going to win that situation, uh, where he said what he would do is to make sure that they are not in close proximity ever again like as soon as i see this person coming i'm going to the opposite side uh, of the building i'm going to make sure that we don't have any close contact and then if anyone asks i would just say you know this person assaulted me and i am doing everything that i can to make sure that this never happens again uh and this would be the case for as long as i stay on the job i would immediately get away from that person that might be something that has to be employed if it's a sexual assault thing because if they like the situation that the male caller told us about in the library situation, that also could be something if they're doing physical things, like if they're moving close to you on an elevator, it might be difficult to get audio recording to even substantiate that that happened unless they make some sort of you know verbal comment that they're doing this. Uh, it would be difficult to get audio recording of someone, you know, grinding on you in an elevator or even moving into your space in a sexual manner. It might be difficult to get uh, recording of that. That might be one where you have to employ the same strategy. Uh, and certainly, again, you know, you can use whatever you think will work for you. You know your workplace situation better than anyone else. But it might have to get to that point where you just, hey, we cannot have any contact at all this person cannot be in my proximity as soon as i see them even look like they're coming close i'm immediately sprinting out of this area and if it comes up this person has violated my space i don't feel comfortable and i just have to make sure that we're not in the same environment uh, at any time uh, and in my opinion that would be the same thing uh, they might get upset they might come after you but I think that would at least take it out of the realm where they could do something sexual to you and, and that sort of thing, because it could be from just based on what the person was saying. I think she he said that she had made some verbal comments, but if they're just doing physical things and violating your space, I could see that could be challenging to get that recorded where with evidence that they did this. If it's just they're moving close to you, if that makes if that makes sense to people. Uh, Roz, were you going to comment, sir? Uh, yes, I was just going to say um, in reference to what Thomas was talking about with the health care. Um, I was going to say that he's absolutely right, especially with the elderly, <clears throat> the elderly, because I see that with my father-in-law, where um, because he has three different types of insurance, um, because he was in the military and then he worked for the state as a correction officer, so he has like really impeccable insurance. And I found in situations where he's had to be hospitalized, they'll try and extend his stay because they can make over a hundred thousand dollars just for one stay for like a week. It's over a hundred thousand dollars. So these are things that we have to watch as well, and it's very important. Um, I believe it was uh, Penelia Randall who talks about, you know, whenever you're ill, to always go to the hospital with someone else who is not sick, who is, you know, mentally on point so that they can look out for your best interests 
and that would include things like that, looking out for those sorts of things. Because the, I'll tell you, working in the healthcare industry, I mean, these doctors, some of them are unscrupulous, and they will do, do anything to get insurance money. So those kind of rackets, that, like what he was talking about with the Medicare thing, is not new. That's stuff I used to hear about in the 80s as a young kid. So, I mean, like, these, you know, this is just, I mean, it's anything for a dollar. And if it's criminal, it's, it's like, it's just white people. If it's criminal and racist, it's white people. You know, one thing I've found is that a lot of what they've said about other people or whatever they describe as negative, if it's the devil or whatever it is, are the exact traits and qualities that they have exhibited the entire time they've been on this planet. So, you know, if, it's, if whatever they say, study it, vet it, and understand that they're probably lying to you in some way, shape, or form. Thank you, and I'll meet my line. For sure. Uh, that will do it uh, for workplace racism uh, on this week. I know I did uh, speak with a caller who was having uh, conflict, difficulties uh, with other black coworkers on the job. Uh, that's one that I would certainly minimize contact as much as possible. Uh, be cordial. Be courteous. Uh, if, particularly if you see that they're engaged in a lot of incorrect behavior, I think one of the call listeners uh, that wrote in, that's what they were saying. That uh, it seemed like a lot of the other non-white coworkers, they were just engaged in a lot of things that were not related to work at all, uh, and maybe even getting upset because you're not engaged in that sort of conduct uh to not get upset about it again just be court even if they're not being courteous to you i would still make an effort uh to be courteous when you do speak with them uh to try to be helpful uh as you can on the job but i wouldn't worry about it at all if it's any sort of you know oh man i'm you know disgusted uh because you know thomas won't hang out with us or he won't talk about the game that happened last night or gossiping or whatever they're doing you know he won't come over here and you know name call other people uh with us no problem. Fine. If you stay on that job long enough, it will start to stick out. Hey, he doesn't, you know, have beef. We got beef with, you know, every other person working here and he's never involved in any of that. I don't hear his name coming up uh, with any sort of gossip and things like that. He's just here doing his work, always speaks to everybody. It's real polite. That will stick out given some time if you stay there long enough because if if they are engaged in a lot of that nonsense and i have seen this firsthand if that's what's happening all of that nonsense and everything after a while that will get old people get tired of you know people getting fired and reprimanded and just fighting and griping and sniping and all of that enough people will get tired of that that it will stick out that man this person over here is not engaged in that we might not be best buddies but i at least that person is all right with me. I will speak to that person. I'll be nice to them because they are not engaged in all of this stuff. And I'm tired of it. I've had my fill. I just want to come and do my job, get my paycheck and go home. I have seen where that happens uh, if you give it enough time. So if that's the type of situation that you're in, if you're around, if you're working in an environment where you have predominantly black employees, try to the best of your ability. Keep it courteous. Keep it cordial. Speak. Keep it focused, at least from your end. Keep it focused on the job when you're talking with them. Try to be helpful when you can and uh, just if you stay there long enough I think it will pay dividends for you just taking that course of action uh, where you all can maybe down the road have more constructive uh, interactions at least with the people who stay there long enough uh, we will be here tomorrow 8 p.m. Eastern 5 p.m. Pacific 
Blood Brothers, uh, segment number seven. Uh, we are almost done. I think we have max three sessions, and it might not even be three before we are all done. Uh, Blood Brothers will wrap things up. I think the next book we're going to do is Spook Who Sat by the Door. We had a listener who said we should do some fiction before the summer uh, concludes, and I want to do fiction before the summer concluded as well. So, uh, And we have not done Spook Who Sat by the Door to be able to get uh, a infamous uh black piece of literature uh mr sam greenlee the late sam greenlee he passed away in the summer of 2000 or 2014 uh, i think that'll be the books that we do the book that we do next uh, if we have volunteers who would like to read that would be grand uh, i would i think like to have one person do uh the whole book i'd be down to read that book myself but i thought i at least would pitch if we have any any folks who would like to read the whole thing uh it's not that big of a book it's i think like 250 pages so that's not gargantuan we won't be on it it's not a medical apartheid it's not you know one of the longer books that we've done it's relatively short Uh, i think the only challenging thing with that book would be that there's a lot of dialogue between different characters so you might have to do some you know at least giving the appearance that there are multiple different speakers uh, and that would include probably doing someone of the opposite gender regardless whether we had a female narrative narrator or a male narrator you'd have to do some uh, role play uh, for the different characters that are speaking in the book but I think that would be a fun piece of reading that certainly relates to the system of racism white supremacy but I think that's what we'll do next if we have volunteers drop us an email until justice at gmail.com uh, we'll be here Saturday compensatory call in 9 p.m. Eastern 6 p.m. Pacific uh, again if you listen on tune in if you listen live on tune in or if you listen to the archive uh, of the cow some of the previous episodes the feed is down just waiting for the uh, administrators at TuneIn to update to the new feed that we got at Black Talk Radio Network. The archives are still available at uh, iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, Black Talk Radio Network, uh, and elsewhere. The archives are available. They are up to date. That's the only site that really has been affected. Uh, you can always still listen live at Black Talk Radio Network. The feed has been updated there. It works. You could listen to the program that aired today you can listen to it live there you can listen to the archives as well uh archive there it's playing there uh as usual uh but just give it a little bit of time as soon as i see that it's been updated i'll let people know so you can you know go back to listening at tune in if that's where you listen at to the live content or the archived content but if you have any questions confusion if you can't find something in the archives drop me an email and i would try to help as soon as possible we did have a listener who was asking about the infamous program with dr barbara trepanier uh admitted racist from uh, 2011 uh, i need to just get that one updated so it's in the current itunes feed it is on youtube and many other places uh online if you just put her name in with the cows you'll find it but uh, i will see if i can get that updated today so it'll be in the current itunes feed and you'll be able to track that down a little bit easier as well that is a uh Woo! Epic broadcast on the cows, very much in the same vein as Sue Africa. Anyway, thanks for all the folks uh, who tuned in. Hope we got some constructive information uh, this evening. And again, follow up if you shared any of the incidents with us uh, this evening or previously. Let us know if you use any of these strategies or if you come up with some of your own solutions for how you want to deal with issues on the job. Let us know how things develop. That way we'll get a better idea of what things work, what things do not work uh, when we're dealing with racism on the job. Uh, With that, I will again sobriety would be best under conditions of white terrorism i have not seen one single incident where alcohol 
cannabis, any other intoxicant, uh, intoxicants have made our situation better with regards to neutralizing permanently the system of racism, white supremacy, especially if you're going to be in a vehicle. I know people are getting in their last hurrahs for the summer of 2016. All well and good. Uh, you do not want to lax in your codification just because you're having a good time. Racist man, racist woman, racist child, they do not take breaks from practicing racism. We cannot take breaks from counter racism. Uh, if you're going to be in a vehicle, driver, passenger, even if you're a pedestrian, you do not want to be intoxicated. You never know when today will be the day that you are stopped by Daniel Holtzclaw, Darren Wilson, white person with or without a badge can be a life ending encounter in like five minutes you being under the influence of anything is not going to help that situation turn out any better we want to be lucid clear thinking so we can make phenomenal decisions to try to keep ourselves as safe as possible pass that along to other victims of racism uh certainly anytime you're in a vehicle you want to buckle up let's try to do everything we can to minimize contact with race soldiers that said creator we ask that you help us remain patient with other black people, victims of white supremacy, we ask that you help us remain patient with ourselves. Remind us to demonstrate the highest levels of black self-respect at all times, in all places, in all areas of people activity each and every time we are in contact with another black person. It has been time. Replace white supremacy with justice immediately context of white supremacy signing out thanks all for tuning in nigga you so brainwashed i'm a victim What's brother you a victim right. i'm up. a victim of 400 years of conditioning shut up the man has programmed my conditioning mm-hmm. even my conditioning has been conditioned <laughs> lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.